we are Squawking Dead. And I love how I can start the show off on the on a dime on a pre-recorded session. So, welcome to Squawking Dead. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I am joined by Cosmo Mom 9 She sounds like a superhero, and that's because she is Rachel Burt. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> a vast juice nightly whiplash. I don't know. It's that I'm kind of night. Here to save the day. <laughs> here I come to save the day. We're here to talk about the episode called Silence the Whisperers. As opposed to what people are not... I've seen this like everywhere. People are very... Are mixing up Silence the Whisperers with Silence mm. the Whispers, which is what's on the graffiti. Uh, mm-hmm. Which with the gra- graffiti is on the walls of Alexandria. So let's just let's just get that straight. Let's get mm-hmm. it straightened out. There's one, <laughs> and then there's the other. One has actually a double entendre meeting. The other is pretty specific. One of the coolest things about this episode is how it kind of. I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I've seen this in any of the episodes of The Walking Dead, or even Fear the Walking Dead necessarily. Like scores aside, where you you'll hear like repeating theme music. Mm-hmm. Um, that can that happens a lot in The Walking Dead. But I never had a produced um, artist uh, come in at the beginning of the episode and then, uh, like, ex- you know, kind of like outro the rest of the episode. And I thought that was really cool with this episode. Uh, and when you get close, when you get to get into like trying to um, figure out like what the significance of the song is, it's it's the song by Gordy. Her name's actually Sophie Payton, but she goes by Gordy. Oh, okay. She's Australian. Yeah, yeah. I looked that up. You looked it up too, then, didn't you? <laughs> I, I have a thing about music on this show, yeah. When there's a significant song, uh, I'll do as much deep dive as I, as I can because it always has relevance to what's happening and what's going on. And, and I just I love that they can find these songs that just really, you know, kind of move the story along without dialogue. And it just it says so much when you know the meaning of the songs, too. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, did you find the same They do their work? homework. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I like about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do research like me. Yeah, yeah resting on your lawyers like, eh, I'm getting notes tomorrow. Eh, let's do the show without notes. No, no I value way. <laughs> I still value that, though. I actually do value that, like, sometimes a host can just come on without notes and just, just fire off the top of the dome. I just, you know what it is? It's just being like, I'm like literally, like, uh, Carol and I discussed this last night, like really late. We were personally DMing each other, and I'm like watching. <laughs> I'm like trying to watch uh, Talking Dead and trying to catch uh-huh. up finally because I think NYCC threw me off, um, WSC threw me off, the, all of that, and mm-hmm. and just trying to catch up has been maddening. And I was like, I'm always two episodes behind. And last night I was two and a half episodes behind because I kept falling asleep. Oh no! Like, like you're right. I don't get sleep. <laughs> right. I still don't have time to catch up. So like Carol and I were DM- DMing each other on Slack, and I was just kind of like, Hey, I just realized something very important. Angela Kang is like, what would happen if you and me had a baby? <laughs> and like clearly she she gets her looks from you, but. <laughs> And I'm so like, Angela King is your and Carol's baby? Yeah, basically. <laughs> like our greatest creation. <laughs> well, I say that because it's like like all the looks and all the the, the like the geekiness of Carol and then oh like all the like studiousness and deep thinking you know, <laughs> the, like the the deep thoughts and psycho- psychological harm she inflicts on all of us every week. That's that's, that's me. <laughs> I'm all the bad things. 
um, but yeah, so back to this. Uh, did you read? So I, I'm gonna take a guess because it's like one of the first few hits that I got when I was looking up the song. But was it? Did you get your notes from like the AtwoodMagazine.com article on this? Because it was really, it really went into it. I'm not even sure. I'm not gonna lie. You know, you know what I did? I asked my phone. I said, Google, what song is this? <laughs> oh yeah, my phone is turned off. <laughs> and uh, and then Google Google told me so whatever website came up first and mm. um, they had a little little snippet about her and like and then showed some of the lyrics and um, you know what she says the the song is you know I, when people listen to music they take away whatever they want from it whatever they connect to it but this was her explanation for oh okay for the song, oh so, so you got that because I got the writer's explanation and. It takes a little combination mm. of from what Gordy says and like what she kind of took it as as well, like okay. from her point of view. Mm-hmm. I think it was a her, yeah. But uh, what, yeah. what did you what did you find out that it meant also? Um, it was basically a song describing um, mostly like a platonic love, platonic relationships between people, and how you know time and distance play a part in that. But you know, eventually they that that love that bond is always there, which is perfect for everything we were seeing at least in the beginning of the episode everything that we were seeing happening i mean we were seeing all of these platonic relationships and how they're affecting people so it was a, it was a perfect song to be playing right right i, I mean to take that even further because that's i think what's really good about this song is that how it illustrates like how really close like you said platonic right specifically mm-hmm. i think it, I yeah think they, that, it was a recurring topic yeah it was that kind of relationship. Well, because like if you didn't if you didn't know that, or if you didn't read that from the song, you would think, oh, it's like another love song. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they tried. Like heaven, I yeah. know that we tried. It was like so that's yeah. why she has to keep saying that. But like really, like taking that and putting that to the side, you know, that's a platonic relationship. The other deeper theme to the song, it seems, is that like yes we will always be friends we will always have what we had but there's a big but is that there are some like a lot of friendships will grow apart naturally mm-hmm. and as hard as you might try to hold them together they will grow apart not be broken or not be no. it, it just happens and it's like just physically apart yeah, yeah physically apart but also like even mentally like as you grow sure. as a as a parent and as a wife, you know, and as a homemaker, aka business, like, and also being a business owner, you, Rachel, like, sometimes it's just as you get older, you have less, I mean, you have less bandwidth because you're dedicating more bandwidth in your brain to, like, your personal endeavors, and sometimes, like, you just have to trust that, like, a bond is there, even mm-hmm. though you're not physically there or you're there to hang out or, and anybody who tries to deny this or fight it is just fighting time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just trying to hold on to something that is not something they can hold on to in a natural process. And that's a reality. Like, I, I'm 40. I get it. I used to not get it. And I used to have friends who yeah. just didn't get it. But I was ahead of the curve, maybe because I turned into an <laughs> asshole a lot sooner. But still... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've, I see that. Like you, you see the friend who is desperately trying to like contact everybody to hang out. You know, you know that friend. You know, we're in our thirties. We're almost, you know, some of us are in our forties. Like you know that friend, and eventually that friend tries less and less because they're starting to finally get it. And it's nothing against them. The only thing you'd have against them is if you kept trying and trying, and trying, fighting this feeling that naturally happens as we get older. Yeah. You know. That's when you start yeah. going, this guy still going on? What the? He's still in this Facebook group that we all, like, muted? <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway. 
still like um, talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, to- I totally get it. For me, I was I was uh yeah I was the first person out of like my friends to to have a kid, you know, and so that kind of mm. cut me right out. You know, they were all still doing stuff, but slowly and surely, every time somebody else would have a kid, they would join the grown up group and they would get <laughs> the it. They would understand like. And and that's not always the case. Like obviously, it's not always just about kids. I mean, it's you know career or time or you know maybe you move someplace. There's there's a lot of factors right. that can pull friendships apart. But but what I took from it is you know it doesn't those, all those things don't matter when you right. have that kind of bond and relationship with somebody. It will withstand all of that time and that distance. Right. You know. And I, I mean, and it's okay. I, I'm actually and it is okay. It right. is okay. That's and the point. I actually and I actually have a perfect example. One of my best friends is actually in town right now um i did see her earlier this year but before that it was probably a good six years before i'd seen her she moved over to um oxford and she's been over there for seven or eight years now in london and so, or is it england? Yeah, yeah uh england she's in england and um so I don't, I don't see her all the time and yes there's facebook but we don't really do that a whole lot either because again things just get in the way time life happen but yeah. you know what we're gonna hang out this weekend and it's gonna be like like no time has passed yes you know exactly and that's that's the kind of friendships i like <laughs> yeah and that's the thing that's what i like about the song is that it illustrates a couple things like one is that we all have this gro- this growing pain you know mm-hmm. like we all go through this part you know we we dwell on why we're not as close as we were you know that whole thing we all have it in varying yeah. degrees uh, and oh, some yeah. of us get it faster than others that's fine uh, and that's the whole point that's fine right, right but um there's another kind of part to it that i kind of like the song that i really like and i like that we're focused focusing on the song because it kind of prepares us for the kind of mood that we're kind of entering into like another Im- set of imagery that she conjures up in the song is that it's a lot like when you go away let's say for school or for to to do something with your life like to try something out like an endeavor and you have to leave and it's like coming back home and not recognizing anything that's like another mm. one of the imageries um that kind of okay. you know that kind of gets conjured up in the song and it's like there is something very unsettling about it it's like this is supposed to be home mm-hmm. but why isn't it mm-hmm. you know and you can see a lot of that in lydia I was, like, yeah that was exactly what i was thinking mm-hmm. yeah like it, it let's say be home, but why doesn't it feel like it yeah and it's let's say she even goes back to the whispers like it's like i am forever changed you know like that's I, gonna be different too mm-hmm. yeah yeah, assuming right right if she if she were to go back no matter what if she went back it would be different i mean one every they all think alpha killed her so she right. showed up i mean shit's gonna hit the fan hi guys um, <laughs> imagine cassidy mcclinty not lydia <laughs> cassidy's a lot and i love oh that she's a lot she comes in with her fuzzy bunny ears <laughs> yeah and she goes like this she does this thing she does this head tilt and like Hi. Like waves that that energetic wave. I can see. Yeah. I can see. Oh my gosh! I can see her doing it too. And Alpha's like, "You must be cold." Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. She looks but like it, my but daughter. It, it would be right. You, who are you? But it would be different. I mean, it, no matter what, if she were to go back after this time, it yeah, it would feel different. Like it should be home, but it's just not feeling right. Mm, not home anywhere. Like right. ne- ne- you can make that I same know. argument about Negan too, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like Oof, Negan. <laughs> last season was kind <laughs> of like an example of that. 
you know, like him going back to Sanctuary and be like, oh, this is yeah. how I imagined this would be. Right? That was, <laughs> was sad. That was hard to watch. Yeah, it was tough. Like, I mean, yeah. it was also a little like, what do you think was going to happen? I mean, right. You thought right. they were going to be around, welcome you in open arms? and Yeah. Mm. They're just going to open the door. Hey, he's back. Yeah. I don't know, buddy. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I don't think so. You'd have had a tough ride. Have to dethrone <laughs> whoever was in charge and expect people to follow you after that. And then, and then right. what? So, and then you've changed. So, exactly. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. You've changed too. It's not just everybody else. It's you. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And that's why I like keep going back to the song. Because it's this hard. The song is a little, a little, it is kind of a little hard to connect completely with the episode. Because there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. Because just like yeah. this song, which is, which covers really basically a nice chunk, maybe a third or half of the episode, right? And mm-hmm. then there's this whole other part. And uh, uh, this is a very unorthodox way of kind of breaking down this episode. Because we usually kind of <laughs> go scene by scene and chronologically. Mm-hmm. I like that we're using this song to kind of try to find our way through this because... The one thing that I, uh, and this is me, like, opening up to all of you, including you, Rachel, <laughs> my biggest fear, and it's, like, it's deep, it's deep-seated, and, it, like, in, in the age of the internet, this is, like, worse than ever, my biggest fear is mob mentality. It's mob mentality. There's something mm-hmm. about, his, like, a hysteria or mob mentality that really, like, you watch a movie like, or, like, The Mist, all iterations, mm-hmm. and you see, or, oh, man, I was terrified as a kid like reading Lord of the Flies and then watching the movie too mm-hmm. like watching people not being able to help themselves like to be able to stop themselves mm-hmm. and that scares me so much like this is this is me being real right now are you afraid you would you would fall victim to it like you would also fall into the hysteria or you're afraid of what they would do to you more more what they would do to you okay but as i've gotten older i'm i've become like i've become more conscious of when it happens that i feel myself almost doing the same thing okay. and that also scares me now but mm-hmm. like in a good way like it says to me it signals to me wait are you doing this because you're kind of joining along the bandwagon are you getting mm-hmm. swept away by this thing and like as i was about to go into walker stalker like cr- yeah. criticizing criticizing Walker, well, not well. S- certain elements of Walker Stalker, anti Walker Stalkerness. Yeah. Like I felt myself like, am I doing this? Like I could be doing this to kind of tell people, hey, listen, stop. Like no matter who you are, it's not right to personally harass people to the point where they leave social media. It's right. not. It's not right. Um, but there's that element that if I took that one step further. It would be, I could see myself going on this soapbox bandwagon and then getting everybody to join me. And like, wait, then what did I just do? I just created another, uh, like, movement that would decimate anybody at all costs. The whole point is to be kind. Just be kind to each other. Recognize that you don't have to destroy people in order to make your point, you know? There are other ways to do it. And that's all yeah. I have to say about that. But that's that's the <laughs> point. That's the thing. It is. No, I, I totally, totally get what you're saying. I do. Yeah. So you see, like, it's like outwoking the woke. You know what I mean? Like, no, and then you're it, like, then now you're the woke. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not... Well, and, and the Walker Soccer thing's a perfect example, too. I mean, you could, you could say something simply sharing your opinion. I mean, maybe not even positive or negative. It might just right. be a, an opinion, but somebody else is going to read it and then they're going to pile on it and then somebody else is going to pile on it. And before you know it, this, you know, very well-intentioned, general, innocent, yeah, exactly. Just a, 
right. Just this honest opinion of a post has now turned into yeah this crazy flood of negativity and and it's just it's it's scary how fast it can happen to and it's always the negative right like nobody right. jumps on and is like piling on the positiveness <laughs> of anything like I. I don't know. I mean, that would I'm just not... make people more angry. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Like, I try to like see the good. I I look for the silver lining and everything. That's that's yeah. where I'm at now. The nuggets. Like, look, bad shit happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I've I've just made peace with that. Like, bad shit is gonna happen. If you can either one learn a lesson from it or find something that maybe good came out of that. Like, look look for those things. And it's hard, man. It's it's hard, but because we're geared towards it, negativity. Right. That's... But it's so much harder being angry all the time so I just I try really really hard to find silver linings wherever I can yeah and I, I attribute like a lot of the that behavior that you're talking about silver linings and just mm -hmm. mellowing out and just really kind of like stepping back and going yeah this is too much energy for me and it's not <laughs> like into when you really think about it it's it gets to the point where like clearly you have an axe to grind and you don't care who you hit it with, you know, mm. blunt or mm. sharp. Yeah, it's so like, I, you know what? I'm going to let you move on, you know? Yeah. Move on. Like, it, clearly you have a target in mind and I'm not going to be <laughs> your collateral damage. Yeah. That, I think, is an age thing. Also, like, I think age yeah. plays into it, but I think also experience. But I think age is... Like, I think age is mostly, yeah. Like there's an apex, right? Like it, it, <laughs> it, it starts off slowly, but as you get older, the like the slope curves like rapidly upward. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. the last five years of my life have been, yeah, I've gotten <laughs> really mellow. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you right now, I used to be, I'm not, I wouldn't say, okay, I'm going to describe a Facebook friend you may have. Okay, ready? <laughs> ready? Okay. You'll know when you hear it. All of you will know it when you hear it. Um... The friend who posts a petition at least three times a week mm. about something. Mm. They may or not may they may or may not feel even strongly about that something. <laughs> but they'll post that petition or mm. like that GoFundMe or something, you know? <laughs> and again, yeah. it, it really does go back to bandwidth too, like what we're talking about the song. Yeah. And then there's a whole other side of me that was really, really, really <laughs> political. <laughs> <laughs> and like look at how far I've come now I will not even I'll shut that shit down when it comes to squawking, squawking dead there yeah. is just no room for that I don't I don't do politics unless it's to piss my grandma off because then it's just fun oh, you got you you know what that's your last test by the way that is your last <laughs> test and then once you pass that test your life is so much better. I'm telling yeah. you. I used to fight because uh, I like the resident liberal to all my conservative cousins and aunts and uncles. <laughs> at being that guy in the lines, they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get all of you. <laughs> I got all these facts. <laughs> I got all these facts to fight you with. And like the last few years, I've been like, y okay, you can keep going. I yep. I'm just listening. Yep. I I'm not there anymore, you but okay, keep coming at me. Yeah. I'm just sitting there, just like eating my turkey and Thanksgiving. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I don't know why you're yelling at me. I'm not saying right. anything against you. So can it's I get more fun. mashed potatoes? Yeah. I, just, I just want more These food. are delicious. <laughs> Lena, these are delicious. Mm. Oh my gosh, these rolls! Yeah, <laughs> you've yep. you've outdone your yourself with that stuffing, <laughs> and like you're still like yelling, and it's like, don't you think? Like yeah. I haven't said a word to you, <laughs> right? I know, I know. I'm and actually agreeing with you. you. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I'm definitely at the listening stage. I mean, there's just things, yeah. And and you can almost tell, I, I never used to be this way, but you can tell how a conversation is going to go, like right in the beginning, you right? Like, do, you yeah. know, like as soon as you start a conversation and somebody's got that, you, you, you already know. Yeah, you already know. And so that's when you go, okay, just come on, just go ahead. You, you know how go I ahead. picture it on Twitter, by the way? I picture it this way. Do you remember in the Goonies, Mama Fratelli? <laughs> And she's like yeah. walking up to get the kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see it. And it's so Mama Fratelli's on Twitter. <laughs> it helps me so much to like mm -hmm. image that. To like just like to picture it in my mind just to see him that way. Because yeah. then I'm like, oh my god, this is so, this is hilarious. And then you can play or you can just sit back and go, Yeah, but I'm just trying to get you to admit that this is bad. And right. then you can have whatever opinion you want. But this right. is not good behavior. Don't do this. You know, that, right. that's that been my fight today. Mm -hmm. And I had that fight. And, oh. then I, and then I hit the block hammer. And I said, <laughs> this person can't even acknowledge this one really, like, nobody should do that. No, that's not justified. That's not mm -hmm. cool, you know? And so you can't, you can't even do that in your blind rage. You're not, mm. I can't. I tried. <laughs> I'm not calling you a bad person even. Just, you know, please. And so, yeah. yeah. It's just not nice. Anyway, so nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like the, I like I like what this where this episode's taking me. I like I like that I'm admitting my fears to you guys because <laughs> I find those movies the most scary to me. Like I don't get scared of I love clowns. <laughs> I love them. So you are much. weird. I you are them. so weird. They bring joy to children everywhere. No, they do not. They murder <laughs> children everywhere. Clouds are terrible. It's like the quintessential oh abuse of power, though, isn't it? Like, they're supposed to be, like, nexuses of joy. Yeah, they're supposed to be. And then there's John Wayne Gacy. So, no, no, no clowns. John Wayne Gacy ruined it for everybody. Remember those vaudevillian clowns with the little tear? Oh like, my little gosh. hobo okay. clowns? I was just going to say, the only ones that don't scare me are the cute little hobo clowns. Because right? you can see most of their face. I think that's what it is. Yeah, you can well, see most of their face. I think the sadness is disarming. Rather than the That's scary, smiley face, you know. Right? Nobody's that happy. Quit smiling. Like, <laughs> no. just no. Your life is not that great, clown man. Like, no. But I no. think that's the point. Like, because <laughs> usually when they have the big smiley faces, they're kind of just like blah. Like, their face <gasps> is making the blah face. <gasps> which is like the whole irony, right? Um, <sighs> anyway, I'm too into maybe, clowns. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm all, now I'm all freaked out. Ugh, but you know what? I, I always clowns. So I much. always think of like what it would be. What what kind of person? Like I mean, sp seriously thinking, not just like <laughs> reactively thinking, but like what kind of person like really puts their heart and soul into wanting to be a clown? Like really, like not just like what you think right now. Is, oh, serial I've killer. <laughs> no, no. Actually, what I was thinking is I've never told you about my first job. I was gonna say because I was <laughs> I was gonna say Rachel because I could see how do. Doing that. I, I was my, seriously thinking that. My very first job ever was Ruby the Clown at Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Do you have pictures that I could put in the blog for after this episode? There might be one picture in existence. That's all I need. There might be one. I'll okay. have to I'll have to go through the archives. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna my, I'm be my, insistent when we're Yeah, comes no, out. that was my very my very, very first job. My dad was doing strolling magic at Ruby Tuesday and he knew um, the owner, of course, because right. he had a job there. And um and I was fifteen and I wanted a job or needed a job. I don't know how that happened. I got a job somehow and it was on Tuesday nights 
for, I don't know, three or four hours. I dressed up like a clown. I brought my face paints. I made balloon animals, and I would entertain the children at their dinner table so their parents could eat in peace. <laughs> <laughs> all the things we did. Yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you, so in all those times, like how, how long did that last? Just so I can um, get a sample uh, size. About a year. Okay. I think I did that for about a year. Like every Tuesday, so like every max Tuesday. 52 nights, right? So yeah. in yeah. all that time, did you scare anybody? No, not at that time. <laughs> was there another time? <laughs> uh, yes, there was another time because I also dressed up like Pennywise for our 80s fest yeah. here. Okay. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was, there's a lot of intentional malice. Yeah, anyway, yes. I was. I I purposely scared people. That I even had the sharp teeth and everything. Oh, yeah. oh well, let's get a picture bad. of that too. I want that. I have Ruby lots of and pictures Pennywise. Of. Yeah, that I have lots of pictures of. Yeah, and then I'll oh, make yeah, people... Ruby and Pennywise. Oh, that'd be cute. And then I'll make people <laughs> vote. Like I'll like have people oh vote for one or the other. Like, would you? <laughs> which one's scarier? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just like which one do you like more? And now this could be like people's sliding scale could be like meaning more terrifying or like. Oh yeah, that's more like true. Prefer. Like could mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you rather know, meet right? in a dark alley? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a serious yeah. question because you'd be like, I'm, should I choose the obviously terrifying one or the or the like the one who seemingly doesn't look terrifying? Right. The well-intentioned right? one who might actually kill me. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be I'd be pretty terrified of a child in an alley because <laughs> they shouldn't be there. Yes, <laughs> clown makeup or not, right? Yeah, no kidding. If there's a kid in an alley, I'm heading the other way. <laughs> <laughs> God. Like, yeah, it, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, we're doing the walk of shame on college, on a college campus. Oh, my campus. gosh. I turn the alley, and, and I'm in the, you know, where the garbage dumps are, and, like, there's a kid in the middle. There's a silhouette of a kid with a, with a light as a backdrop, so you can't make out their features. Ugh. Oh, that's the worst. Right? That's that happened to you? Okay. No. God. No way. Wait, no. <laughs> I still think mom mentality is more scary than that. That's the thing. Like, to not be able well, to yeah. manage like yeah. like reasoning you know reason the, a lack of reason terrifies me that's the thing well what's scarier yet is that people with the mob mentality think they know what's going on like that's what's scarier to me about the whole thing is they believe they're in the right right that's what's scarier and then you get all these other people believing it too and yeah that that is terrifying. Right, and the the thing is, is that like we have our systems of laws, and we have our systems of you know our belief systems about democracy, about how we ought to treat each other in society. Like even as as a guideline, and not even as a law. Like these things protect us from becoming monsters, and also protect us from monsters. Mm -hmm. So to abscond with that, which helps you know even like to create boundaries from one another to maintain individual freedom and stuff like all that stuff like to abscond with all that um is like it's such it's so frightening because it's the very thing that will help protect you and and you're willing to actually it's like cutting in the, your nose off to spite your face that's the yeah. thing that yeah. people, and that's that's scary to me like it's mm -hmm. like the, it's like the monster that's willing to almost shred itself like as it reaches through a barbed wire fence to mm -hmm. get you you know what i mean and that's mm -hmm. frightening to me mm -hmm. you know so they'll give it you a is. visual <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for that you're welcome <laughs>
going to yeah. try to go to sleep in a few hours here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. Thank you. That's all right. I don't get nightmares anymore. <laughs> I just wake up with a numb feeling. <laughs> my nightmares are, no, my nightmares are like being at work all day. And then I wake up and I'm like, shit, that wasn't real. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, and nothing happens? That kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, let's just do an anatomy of that the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> or or worse yet, I'm like, I'm on my way, I'm driving to work, and I'm already late, and then things keep happening that make me more late. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I don't love those, but I love that, that that idea is like, like you're trying to get somewhere, and it yeah. just could be anything, but for you, it happens to be work. It's always work. It's interesting that it's those two things. It's always work. You need a vacation, man. <laughs> or something. I just but, had one. <laughs> sabbatical. That was not a vacation. That was a for lot me, of work. That, for me, that was a vacation. <laughs> mm, I guess so. Um, but yeah, that I always find that fascinating, like how you have these dreams about trying to get somewhere, and like sometimes desperately, like I have to mm -hmm. go here, I have to get to class, or I have to, you know, like I have to save this person, or you know, like you sometimes do you that. don't even know. It's just a sense of urgency. You don't yeah. even know where it is you're going. Right, and then there's always like these little detours that your mind is trying to get you to go to, and then and mm -hmm. you keep trying to get to that thing, to get and, back, yeah, and then eventually you never get there. You nope. never do get there. Oh. And I always find that fascinating, how like, ah, you know, and then... And then you, you wake up. <laughs> yeah, you do all these other things, you keep trying to repeat things. It's like hell is repetition, right? It was like, um, what was oh. the perfect illustration of this? It was, um, it was American History X. Have you watched that movie with um, oh, Ryan Gosling? But it's the uh, end. Hell is repetition, the guy's... It's it's been a long time. Yeah, the kid is, at the end of the movie, the kid's trying to run to class. And this is not even a spoiler. Like, the end of the okay, movie. Okay. And it's like, it's kind of like a dream sequence. He's running up the stairs and, you know, in every, like, every landing he gets to, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I have to go. I'm going to be late. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I'm going to be late. You know, like, keeps mm -hmm. going up those stairs. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And that's, a, that's frightening to me. Yep, yeah. Something like that. So, anyway. I guess what, I, I know, let me see. Let me have far, see how far we're <laughs> into the episode. Uh, yeah, around forty-seven minutes. <laughs> well, no, this is <laughs> and we've, talk, we've discussed and we've discussed the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've discussed the mood. The mood. Uh, the uh, yeah, mood. the the mood of the episode. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 super super excited that Marco's back. Yee! Yeah, I mean, come on already. I mean, I'm sure we'll see more of him in the next couple of episodes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was just so excited when I heard heard I heard Yumiko say his name, and I was like, Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> where, 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 yeah, where, where, like Marco, real? where, where? <laughs> And even, by the way, Oscar, who's played by uh, Anthony Michael Lopez, he's got, he's got he talks in the next episode in the sneak peeks, which I didn't I didn't put down in the sneak peeks, but I I had it in here, had it in the chamber. Yeah. So I think it's cool. Like I like people like Birdie and Oscar. Like when I see them have actually having a, a like a solid role or speaking. Wait, part, Oscar or Scott? Oscar. Oh, you're Oscar. talking about you're talking about Scott, which is played by Henry Green. Who's Oscar? Oscar is the guy from the Hilltop. He's uh, Hispanic. I think I need to see his face again. The only Oscar I'm remembering is the the prisoner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not it's not him. Oscar not is him. the character. Yeah, and his he's right. played he's played by okay. Anthony Michael Lopez. Okay. As soon as I see his face, I'll be like, oh, duh, him. But for some reason, it's just not coming it's to me. It's a face thing. Like Bernie yeah, Karen Cisse is a face. Uh, uh, yeah. Anthony Michael Lo Lopez is a face, and Marco is more than just a face. <laughs> Marco's way more than a face. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah, we we should 
should see more of him too. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I kind of like want to see like more of his relationship with like Earl, like Sutton, the blacksmith. Oh yeah, think he's blacksmithing. I mean, he. I, I know <laughs> he specifically transferred to to Hilltop mm-hmm. to do that too. So well, because he, know. him, and Ken were pretty tight, and yeah. that was Ken's dad. So exactly, it would make sense. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, what's the point if we don't get to see more of that, right? Like, why even bring? We'll up see Ken? more. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see more. We got to see him whipping up some weapons and stuff, some special weapons. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, right? Uh, I bet he made Luke's new weapon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I saw the behind the scenes in fights because I watched Talking Dead. It's apparently, remember how we thought it was like clock gears? It did look like that. Right? Is it not? No, it's motorcycle gears. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Which I can see is a little bit more lightweight. <laughs> like, you know. Like, it's got to be, because, you know, bon- motorcycle has to be strong, but, like, lightweight to move around and be, like, meow, meow. <laughs> where clock years are like, oh, this is built to last. It'll last for centuries. and like That's true. People heavy. aren't lugging clocks around. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And I can't imagine, like, Swiss parts being, like, crazy durable. I think they're, like, rust, like, like preventing rust, but, like, sensitive enough to, like, be finely tuned and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. talking out of my okay. ass on that one. Cool little, cool little tidbit there, though. Right. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I still maintain that the handle or like the 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 rod part is it does look like a clock gear or something like that. But because mm-hmm. it's got like a little like almost like a crown at both ends. Hmm. Maybe, maybe it's just a big ass shower curtain. <laughs> maybe <laughs> for a very small window. <laughs> Maybe. Know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you enter the scene with the song and everything, and Daryl's coming down the stairs, and you get, like, the sense of... Like, a lot of what a scene paints is... is What tries to paint is a sense of geography, right? But what it also, is tri- what it also tries to do is, like, there's almost, like... A sense of like where when's the last time you saw Daryl really smile, right? And then you start uh, to I can't think of any time. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and when is the last time? And then like you you automatically almost start to think of like where was Daryl last year around this time? This episode number in season nine, right? Like the the episode right before Rick goes away, right? Mm-hmm. And look where he is now at mm-hmm. the table, sitting around with his family, having fun, smiling, you know, mm-hmm. watching. And I'll get into this thing, but watching RJ put like this towel over his face <laughs> and I just thought to myself oh my god RJ's already foreshadowing the whispers <laughs> did you think that because I was kind of no, like no you didn't I just no I just thought he was being goofy because you know I he was the one that found that. the mask that's the, true he put in it in sand. his bucket yep. that's right Little little man knows more than he's letting on mm-hmm. I don't know what's going mm. with that but like kids in the mm. apocalypse you gotta watch him Good catch. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that. Yeah. I, didn't. I well, just kind of took it as the sweet moment that it was. Should have been paying closer attention. <laughs> no, I did too. That's why I brought that up because, like, you would almost yeah. be 100% distracted because in yeah. the last episode, uh, hallucination or dream, Daryl dazzled us with so many words, and then right? in this episode dazzled yeah. us with a smile. No, I was I was paying more close. Uh, I was pay- paying closer attention to him staring at the empty chair where where at my. My first thought was where Rick should be, and then I remembered, no, where Carol should be. Right, exactly. Yeah. More to the point, right? Yeah. And speaking of Carol, um, there's also another kind of callback going on here, because if you remember season two, there's a moment where uh, where Carol actually brings dinner to Daryl because he'd been just shot with an arrow, and so there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a thing going on there, like yeah. bringing people, like these two specific people bringing each other meals, but, you know, I always thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Like, you see these things over and over again but uh 
But what does that say like about the song happening in that specific moment also too for Carol and Daryl? Like on the one hand, it's like you said, they will always have this bond, right? Mm -hmm. But on the other, do you feel like they're moving apart? And I'll tell you the scene that really did it for me. In in some senses, I could see that. But on the flip side, I could argue the other side. Only because, well, like we had talked about um, when she wanted to run away and she said, let's go to New Mexico, you know, and and this time she invited him along where I I saw that as growth for Carol, where normally any other time she would have just gotten out of there by herself. But this time she actually wanted somebody with her and it it was Daryl. Um, so, I mean, I, I do see what you mean. Like I see Carol kind of pulling, pulling away emotionally. Like she's obviously still grieving Henry. I mean, obviously she went away for a while, but it was easy to put it all out of her mind. Now that she's back, you know, it's all coming flooding back. And now she really has to go through the proper grieving process. Right. Like she's actually facing it. Yeah, she is. She really is facing it for the first time now. And so I do see her sort of withdrawing emotionally, but, but I just, I keep going back to the fact that she wanted to run away with Daryl and I think that's a, a big a big deal that she wanted somebody with her this time well, I think she's the only one that, that she trusts pretty Darryl. much Daryl yeah well yeah oh oh absolutely yeah but I think there's also something really really dangerous about that because and I'll tell you why I'm going to bring up these examples of like that friend because I mean you have a good friend a really really good friend but you realize that he's he or she is a huge Debbie Downer <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I'm not trying to say this to make a direct comparison but there is something to be said about when you try to be there for somebody and you start to realize that who you are and what you are to that person is a crutch. And if they keep looking at you to be their crutch, they are never going to stand on their own two feet again and be what they're meant to be, to move on, to do whatever they need to do to get past this moment. And I, okay. I've been there. And I've been the crutch, the person who's... I've been the crutch and I've also been the person who has needed the crutch. And both times, a swift kick in the ass was needed. <laughs> and, and some... I mean, it's even just as something... As as little as not being where this person is at anymore because what your friendship is and it's kind of like Eugene and Rosita it's kind of like there's a, a moment where like your what your friendship was and what it was predicated on or what has become predicated on is, are completely different things now like Eugene it was like their whole friendship was kind of predicated on a false pretense yeah but like with Daryl and Carol the pretense was all was baked in like it was there from the beginning it was like they got along they had chemistry they had this bond right from the beginning but now this thing it's like it's like forming a little wedge and it's like it's slowly and i'll say like it's slowly pulling them apart not only like in mood but also in kind of like behavior like they'll still again like the song says they will always have this bond no matter what but sometimes Mm -hmm. some parts of you will start to drift away and i never i didn't see that i didn't notice that any more than this one scene where they're on the stoop right Mm -hmm. and you know obviously like she brings up mexico but she also there also like is this um thing that she says carol's like riding along with the hysteria train like hilltop hilltop and Alexandria attacked and but Daryl for and you see this in the episode a lot Daryl is like the most measured and fair-minded person and he's like saying well we don't know that right we don't know that was the whispers and that blew my mind to see it and it's especially crazy because throughout this episode I'm like looking at Daryl and Lydia and seeing how this weird like they're looking at where Daryl's looking at where he once was when he looks at Lydia (laughs) right right and then yes To have him have this measured response to Carol, like something that like Daryl would be fully on board with in the past, Mm -hmm. like 
You're like, you're my brother. I'll just do whatever you say. <laughs> like, you know, that sort of thing. And have them yeah. just be like, well, we don't know that. I need, we need proof, you know, or else we're attacking the wrong person. But Carol, Carol is just Carol, you know. Yeah. And um, and so that I, I, that's what makes me feel like they're in different places almost. Like Carol's bent in this direction, and she needs yeah. to be either twisted back or made into something else, or I don't know, you know. And it's, I don't know. It's I don't. Bugging I mean, me does she, does I want she really though? Be. I mean, I, I, I look at Carol, Carol's character obviously as, as a mother. You know what I mean? I, I relate to her in that way. Well, a lot of ways, but mostly in, in that way. And she, she lost Henry, and she knows what happened. She knows who did it. So, I mean, honestly, I can't say I would feel any different. Any, any bad thing. If a rotten tomato grew, I would blame it on Alpha. Like I, everything <laughs> would be her fault from that. From forever until she right. was dead in my mind yeah it would i would absolutely blame her now as a viewer i don't necessarily think that it was the whisperers who attacked alexandra or chopped down the tree right. i don't know that i'm sorry to feel viewer. that too but, but as a mother in carol's situation absolutely i would think the exact same thing she does right right I would. and that's and that's the thing like it's, we have the luxury yeah. of like of like a 360 view <laughs> right you know, right like the situation and even we don't know exactly 100 percent what's going on no which is also scary but we have more <laughs> of a luxury than they than carol in the moment or even like anybody yeah. in the alexandria like this is like the the same argument we have with everybody it's like you think you are daryl dixon in the apocalypse but you would be <laughs> eugene at best in daryl cosplay right but this is like the same argument it's like you think you would be this measured fair-minded person like not falling suspect <laughs> to hysteria oh right. my god you'd be the first one on the panic train you'd, you'd be taking first class yeah <laughs> like, yeah i mean de yeah depending on what it was yeah yeah so i have the luxuries in saying carol stop being an idiot uh <laughs> listen to daryl he's making yeah. sense but whatever i mean like even in real life i'd be like i don't blame her the way she feels but i don't want her to get killed okay can we not have right it? you know yeah i don't want responses. her flying off the handle or doing something crazy that would that would be bad yeah i so i speaking of talking dead from before like i saw the response to was carol justified in trying to shoot alpha and i'm like of mm. course yes right right Mm-hmm. oh yeah but on the other hand there are two major things that make that decision really unpalatable right yeah one she instantly ends her life Two, she instantly, probably, most likely, ends the life of her friends on the immediate. Like, for sure, guaranteed, done. Maybe mm -hmm. one survivor, if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the major thing. And then there's the whole other thing that, let's say she tries to kill Alpha, does not succeed, gets her friends killed, and her... Then there's the, the, the whole, like, possibility, and we'll get to that possibility in this episode, that she gets hundreds, like, I don't know how many people are left in Alexandria and Hilltop, but, like, all these other people killed. Mm -hmm. And so, good job. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> but, like, that 94 yeah. or 96% agreed with that. I was just like, oh, my goodness. That she was justified. I mean, her actions were justified. Yeah. Was it smart? No. No. It was not smart. <laughs> I think that and, was the question. Was it smart? Okay. I don't then remember. No. No. I mean, she had every reason to try and kill her. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, but but then, in that moment, no. It was far too risky. I mean, not to mention, there was a small herd of walkers behind them. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, let's say everything went to plan. Now you still have this herd of walkers to deal with. In the immediate. Right. <laughs> yeah. Forget about the horde. Right. 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 So, I mean, yeah. no, it wasn't smart. But, again, I mean, we're, we're seeing her act a lot on emotion and not so much thought recently. 
Right. Which can be scary too, because right. She normally has, you know, has a plan. Yeah, like her, her motivations have classically been seated in some sort of rationale, like some mm-hmm. sort of logic, not emotion. Right. Doesn't but always like, make sense to everybody, but but she has, yeah, she has made sense of of what she's doing and why she's doing it. Except for last year. <laughs> there was something about because I know you weren't on on the show last year when we were covering this, but that I'm still trying to make heads or tails out of that one move with the savior remnants, like just burning them, setting all them on fire. Death. Yeah, man, there is something about that that I mean, to this day we don't know a what that was about. They there threatened was, Henry. There was all yeah, but like that's enough. There was was there there, there wasn't any more <laughs> to that. Do you know what I mean? It was just they like. Took- Grand gesture and then just nothing. Yeah. Right. Like there was like, wait, wait, what, what, what happened? Is there going to be more of that? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and they, they only briefly mentioned it because it was that was just before they got the letter from the highwaymen. Yes. And, And I remember the look on her face. And somebody brought up something that happened or, right, or what, right. something about those guys. And she had like kind of a panicked look on her face like, oh, shit. I think you were but, on during that. But that was yeah. it. Right. Yeah. But that was that was the only mention of, of what had happened. Yeah. See, like talk of that's a perfect example of like I, you knew what they were trying to do with bringing yeah. that in. But they didn't <laughs> punch it home. Right. Like they, right. they, they got it. But there's like, OK, now what was that for? They could have just right. said it and not have her do it. Because having her do it and watching us see her do it is big. It's too big. Too and, big. And I somebody somebody killed all those, burned all those saviors to death. Yeah, perfect. these guys are bad dudes. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> all right, we saw that happen, bitch. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but like, I think she's. I think she saw an opportunity to just take out a large group of of bad people, and she took it. I mean. Yeah. They weren't gonna do good. I mean, they were never gonna be good people. They were all. They were always gonna be a hassle. So she had to take care of them. She did yeah. what she had to do. That does illustrate her <laughs> classic, classic Carol for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll say. But then you know, after so many years, you think that she'd grown somewhat. And you know what I mean, like, because you have to look at it from their perspective. I don't think they were gonna kill any of those. I don't think the Savior Remnants actually wanted to kill anybody. They're just eking out a like a like an existence. Whereas like the kingdom is not necessarily living large they're kind of falling apart but they're in a way better position mm-hmm. like they're eating the horses and they have walker horses yeah you know what i mean like that that's how far yeah. they've gone down the hole yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're obviously like pathetic you see them like laying out in the streets <laughs> that's the so that's the thing like anyway i know we're digressing but they should have given them mercy <laughs> Ooh, maybe maybe okay that 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 makes me. That makes it a little bit more palatable to me <laughs> in a weird way. Some mercy though, and the same kind Carol's she mercy. showed. Yeah, she showed Tyrese's <laughs> girlfriend. Was it? Yeah, Karen. Right, and the other. I don't know who the other person was. Karen and. David? David, I, I want to say. David, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's it's in that notebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. all our hosts have a notebook. So I want to know why, what's up with Aaron and Lydia? Yeah. I thought Aaron was okay with Lydia. Yeah, right? I, I, I mean, I know she's not anybody's favorite, but I thought they were at least okay. And he totally saw Gage and... Margot and Highwayman, you know, talking crap to her. And Alfred, he was just Margo like, and, uh, Alfred, is that his name? I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Engaged. Gage and Margot I caught, but I didn't know Alfred. Yeah. Alfred's yeah. going to come up later now. I mean, because he, of all this. Right. I mean, he totally saw what they were saying to Lydia and 
He just did, he didn't even say anything. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. What the hell, man? And, and <laughs> I, well, I mean, you could already see that, like, I think, yeah, okay, so you can already see that, like, Aaron is kind of already beating the drums of, like, I mean, it's such a stark contrast between him last year and him this year. Because oh, him yeah. last year, even after Jesus died, he was like, maybe, and he said this twice in the same episode, maybe what would have happened would have happened anyway. Mm -hmm. He said that twice, like, in mm -hmm. his measured tone. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And this is six years after, even when he lost his arm, he was like saying to Rick, are you kidding me? I'm just glad to be alive. And then to have him flip from being that person to this scared, frightened, you know, stopping this mm -hmm. fear from spreading at all costs. Um, yeah. And probably a lot to do with Enid dying too. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. That, yeah. And then between that and Negan, you know, being around and more visible, it's kind of like a kick in the teeth. It's like, how, how much of this am I supposed to take? Yeah. Well, but he could be utilizing Lydia more. And, and also in the same time, sort of, um, I don't know, getting her, you know, into the society with everybody too. She knows the most about the Whisperers. Everybody's looking at her like, like she's still one of them, which, I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't do that. But if I were Aaron, I would say, look, we have an opportunity here to learn from her. So if she shares everything she knows, that one is, is kind of earning trust because she's sharing information. Obviously, she, you know, if she was loyal to them, she wouldn't be doing that. If she was there as a spy, she wouldn't be doing that. And it would also help all the other Alexandrians get to know Lydia, see that she's not crazy. She's just a product of her, her life. I yeah. mean, the way she grew up, you know. Although, Nobody contrarian elbow, contrarian elbow says, <laughs> but she could be feeding false information. She could be. You know? She could be. And then, that, yeah. and that's where the fear kind of grows. But wait, if she could feed us false information, what has she been doing this entire time? Has she been feeding yeah. information to the enemy somehow? Etc. 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 Paranoia builds until it explodes. Yeah. Frightening. But and I think that's maybe why he keeps her at arm's length. And yeah. it's even. But that's the thing. Like you can go into the the mechanics like all you want about why he did or didn't but the reaction is perfect because all it really does all it really tries to illustrate in that moment is all the little stops that are pulled on the, that are put on the railroad to get the train to stop moving that were just like lifted you know yeah. what i mean like all mm -hmm. the little things that could have been that somebody could have said to not escalate things further that had they been said it, we wouldn't get to this to where we are at the end of the episode with all the graffiti. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's that's true. You know, it kind of goes to what Again, um, Michonne said too. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and it, it like Michonne says, don't don't ever take your enemy at their word. Judge them by their actions. Right. You know, Lydia has proved through her actions. Well, I mean, could prove through her actions that she's trustworthy. Even if you don't take her at her word, she could prove useful. Right. Right. I mean, look at all the ways that actions have proven people's worth. Actions mm -hmm. that Gage, Alfred, and Margot took, and they mm -hmm. get off scot free. Well, except for Margot, she got her divine justice. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they they prove and and, and like Gage, not even a good fighter. Like <laughs> you're looking at their feet, bitch. Uh, like but yeah, yeah. But, but like it's their actions speak louder than than. I mean, their actions just say everything yeah. about who they are. Talk about mob mentality. Mm. I mean, during that beatdown, Gage didn't want to. He he wasn't he wasn't in it. But Margot talked him into it. She's like, yeah. you know, what about your friends? What about this? What about you know? But it's really easy egging to lose track. By the way, like unless you're like really paying attention, you actually hear Margot go, well, "Are you gonna let her get away with that? Look what you did mm -hmm. to your friends, blah, blah blah." And then he gets into it. He doesn't hit her until she says, 
I loved love Henry. Henry. You know I did. As soon as she brought up Henry, I think that's what, what tipped Gage over the edge. I don't know why Henry would do it and not Addie, but but it did. I don't know. Because uh, Gage... Uh, no, I'm kidding. I was going to say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she probably knew what I was going to say. It was yeah. really attractive to Henry. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, maybe Henry, you know, Henry was his best friend or, or you know, I don't... But, but still, like, he... Yeah, she kind of... It was like he wanted to harass her, but that was it. He didn't want to hurt her. Right, he just wanted to her. yell at her and make... Yeah, he just wanted to make her feel bad and then things started getting physical and and all of a sudden he's like whoa 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 <laughs> yeah, all this anger that he didn't know he had inside of him just 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 wailed out on her right and, and that's right. really what it is that's why Once what she tipped. says yeah that's why what mm-hmm. she says sets him off you know and yeah. it's like, like i didn't know i had that in me and he mm-hmm. he when he was even saying that i think wasn't he saying that to gabriel in the council or something like that no he was saying that out loud to Negan. like right right, right after i think like when they're yeah. all standing around and Lydia's still on the ground, yeah. Yeah, and Lydia's yeah. kind of just clinging to to Negan's leg. Negan. And, mm-hmm. And and Gage is like on the floor and he's like, yeah, I I we only I only wanted to scare her, you know, and then right. And then Brandon shows up. <laughs> right. I mean, come. You think the girl's not scared already? Yeah. She knows she doesn't belong there. She feels like an outsider. Like how much more scared could she be? And what's the point? The one friend she had is gone. Right. 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 She's terrified. I mean, she was already facing all this stuff before Henry died too mm-hmm. you know like just from the fair like they were just being assholes to her mm-hmm. um, but now it's just like taking it to a whole other level too I don't know yeah. I mean again this is like why this stuff scares me because there's just something mm-hmm. so terrible about like what that can actually like what self harm you could even produce when you do that sort of thing because it's like now I don't believe in the in the idea that you make your worst enemy like like uh, you know like self-fulfilling pof- prophecies I, I think they kind of exist for things but I don't to to assume that about people like so like let's say you make an assumption about somebody that isn't true but you keep hammering away at them until it becomes true I don't think it's because that person becomes the thing that you hate I think it's because you're looking for that thing in them to hate and then finally like l- a little glimmer of it no matter how faint or n- or real or not like you mm-hmm. see that and then you just pounce on it which kind of goes mm-hmm. back to Twitter too by the way but anyway <laughs> but yeah. it's I mean look I bring this up because it ties in but but um mm-hmm. but but and that's the thing like like you see these people she's not doing anything wrong but i think there's a thing where like you have to put it somewhere you're living in relative peace and quiet like in splendor relatively um compared to how you were living before and so you're not really thinking of like which is what most people are saying in the show. Like Michonne is saying it. Carol's even saying it. It's like, this is a distraction. Like Sadiq is saying it. This is a distraction. All this internal stuff is distracting us from what's happening on the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, this is meant to distract. Yep. And, and, and tire us all out too. Kind of like what Judas says. Yeah. Which is all this, all this running around, getting us tired and we're not going to be ready for the big fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like RJ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like trying, right? to, yeah. trying to tire out, tuck out uh, RJ. <laughs> so I got to tell you, you totally got in my head too. So I'm watching this episode, oh, right? No. And when they're in the, yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> when they're in the wagon on the way there and Michonne and Judith are having their conversation, I'm, I'm looking at everybody else, you know, uh, on the caravan and I'm like, nobody's even looking at Judith. <laughs> 
Um, Michelle's just is talking she, to herself. Yeah, I'm like, is she there? Is she, is she really there? But she is because Eugene makes a point to talk about her later in the episode. I don't know. <laughs> Could have all just been that. Maybe Eugene isn't real either. I'm I'm I mean, I was I was on board that. with the. I was on board with the with the what did what did you call it the mass hysteria like the the the, the mass delusion this big yeah it's big a shared delusion right <laughs> shared delusion that Judith is is real but I don't think Eugene would buy into that he would be he would be too smart for that he wouldn't let himself well think he that. knows what kind of a <laughs> scary ninja sword wielding wielding person the show is you want to upset that no uh, she right, only had one psychotic there. break remember like <laughs> yeah, when we found her true. in the beginning. That's maybe true. like maybe like that's Rick true. left specific instructions like okay look if she goes into this again you gotta buy into whatever <laughs> delusion she's Do got this and then yeah. he leaves the show and that's the mess he leaves showing the mess <laughs> just just let her have her just, delusions if she has a she says she has a kid just comment say something nice just about go your with kid. it just go with it God, <laughs> Do not can, argue. can you imagine how far we can uh, take this and do you imagine? Right? Can you imagine oh if we're gosh. right? Like honestly, could you imagine if we're right? No way. I there's no there's no way we're I, right. I mean, we're not. It's fun to joke about. We can't be right. But what wouldn't if that, right? But wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> wouldn't that be absolutely <laughs> that, crazy? That would be nuts. That'd be that would like, be absolutely. But nuts. you know who would ultimately get the credit for this? I mean, like Ashley. Well, <laughs> let's take a step back. <laughs> Ashley is the genesis for this, but I don't think even she would have called Judith as not real. No, but it started with RJ. She was. Right. She didn't think she RJ gets, was she real. She gets the genesis of the thought. Right, and for a minute, I was like, "What?" All of us were like that. <laughs> yeah, in the last episode, right? I think it was last. Yeah, in last in episode. a bunch of episodes. Yeah, but like particularly the last one. There was that moment, like. Like where we're like, yeah. are we safe? I'm like, wait, what the, what the why is it two times? <laughs> like, right. In, in the same creepy position, right, in the middle of the day. Like, it was, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, because we both yeah. know that, I mean, you know, in spite of myself, like, we both know that Judith dies in the comic way back at the prison. Oh, she's like days old when Dog she dies. Food. Yeah. 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 She's like barely opened her <laughs> eyes and she dies. <laughs> like imagine the shared delusion of Judith is like ever since Carl was like, Hey Daryl, hold Judith <laughs> like I'm dying. <laughs> Daryl just like takes this empty blanket. Yeah, or like pretend just walks around pretend. with the blanket. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to piss off the the ninja sword wielding person. Oh my god, that we seem right. to care about. I guess <laughs> she's pretty good weapon. <laughs> anyway, um. So I oh man okay so I was really I was I was really looking for I wanted Carol to to be on here too when we talk about um, Michonne and Ezekiel's scene right. because there is so much from the comics in that in that scene right I heard about that and, maybe it's and it's good that little she's bits not. here and there it, yeah it's little bits here and there it's not like a whole chunk of a scene or anything like that but there are a lot of comic book references throughout that whole scene okay yeah. Because I'd heard about that. And actually, I heard about that on Talking Dead, too. But also, oh. like, I think they, they, like, hinted at it. But Okay. But I, I think... I the, haven't watched Talking yet. I think Twitter <laughs> actually did a better job of kind of, like, illustrating some of the here's and there's. But, like, you can okay. help me and maybe the rest of the fans kind of know what yeah. you're talking and about. And, you know, I don't I don't Twitter, so I haven't seen that. So I don't, I don't know. You can tell me if, if I got it right. <laughs> I, I don't twat. 
or Twitter? Twitter? I don't. What's the tweet? Do what? I tweet her? What? How do I? How do I send the bird? <laughs> like the little horn. <laughs> what? My horn. Don't make fun of my horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Think your birthday's on yeah. July fourth? Okay. Yeah. Noted. Oh yeah. All we all week in Atlanta. Huh? Hey. What? Hey. <laughs> Huh? I can't hear you. I'm gonna get one with your name on it and everything. It's great. It's Cosmo Mom on one side. Yes. <laughs> Property of Arbert. I, I will use it too, man. You laugh, but I will. I, I know. Will use I know it. you will. Um, Obviously, the line he delivers. Yeah. Maybe in another universe, right? Right. That was the freebie because okay. in the comic books they are a couple. I see. I see. And in the comic books, they are separated because uh, Ezekiel's head was separated from his body. Correct. And before that, Michonne went on a long fishing trip on a boat and returned in a similar manner that Carol did on the show. Mm. Mm. And before the head's up. Okay, gotcha. Yes, now, all before that. Was his head removed while she was away? Because that sounds uber no. tragic. Okay, fine. No, she came back shortly after the whisper showed up shortly thereafter. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's interesting how they're so, how they're choosing different ways of approaching comic storylines. Mm -hmm. so maybe in another universe. Well, I like what Michonne said when she was trying to relate to Ezekiel about how he was feeling and she said, I've I've been there and she starts talking about how um, she was just going to give up and the next walker she saw she was just going to let it bite her Right. that's exactly how Carol dies in the comics <laughs> she walks she walks right up right. to a walker and bites it and do you know why she, wait, so, uh, Carol bites the walker no the, the she lets the walker bite oh, okay. her okay no that would have been cooler though <laughs> Yeah, she okay. bites the walker. No, she's she's super depressed. She this is this actually happens at the prison. She walks out. They have a walker chained up, and I believe it's for training, maybe or somebody's just. I I don't remember why it's there, but she just walks right into it because she's so depressed. And you know why that is? Because she had a relationship with Tyrese, and then Michonne shows up, and Michonne steals Tyrese from Carol. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. It's like... So the parallels I'm seeing here... It's manception. Are kind of. So, so in this scenario, Ezekiel is Carol, and Carol is Tyrese, and she has chosen Daryl, chosen Daryl, over... Quote fingers, quotes... She's choosing to be with Daryl right. over Ezekiel, and now right. Ezekiel is depressed, and we can only assume contemplating suicide. Right, right, right. And uh, and I'll just note this because uh, it's just easier to get out of the way. Like even by the end of the episode, he's telling Jerry, "I'm fine, I'm fine." And mm. He's better-ish, but he's not fine. No, my husband noticed the same thing when he turns around and walks away from Jerry. He has this look on his face, like. I'm not fine, but I will be. I w I'm not even prepared to say that. I'm like, think I think he's better than he was before, but I think he's just not fine. I think he wants to be fine, I and think he's going to he try too. to be fine. And you know what's crazy about that? Because like, these are the things you don't write down. Is like fucking Carol. Like Carol and he are in the exact same place because we use the exact same words to describe Carol. We said, mm -hmm. "I want to be fine. I'm sick and tired of not being fine." Like they're both going mm -hmm. about it different ways. Um, like Carol is is like raging, you know, and and using <laughs> using yeah. um stimulants. And Ezekiel is just bummed out, paralyzed, like inaction yeah. versus too much action. Like, please stop acting. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Please right. Go to Total sleep. opposite. Yeah. yeah. 
But they're both going through the same thing. Both do not want, would prefer, you know, and sick and tired of feeling this way. Like, but right. to give Zeke some credit for once is at least <laughs> I think he's going through it. And I think the only thing yeah. that he's not doing is acknowledging his, 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 his frailties. Like, even all this time. I'm sure it's been, like, almost a year. Mm -hmm. like, it was, like, close to a year, probably, I want to say. That might make sense. For, since... since since it happened. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. A year, a whole year yeah. later. Because, like, I'm going by Rosita's pregnancy, which is probably, like, eh, one or two months in, maybe. And right. then And then having the baby been born, let's say, 42 days after, that's probably, it's like, yeah, it's probably roughly a year. Yeah. Well, Lydia does, when Lydia's down in, in Negan's cell, she does make a comment about what happened last year. There you go. So, there we go. Yep. Yeah. I, like I just thought that whole that whole scene between uh, Michonne and, and Ezekiel was, was really cool. I liked all the little comic book nuggets. I like that we finally saw that kiss and it wasn't what anybody thought it was going to be. That's what I wanted to mention. Like having no knowledge of the comics, like I wanted to just mention the fact that they yeah. did it again. They still have the capacity to fake us out. Yep. Oh god. I but, I love this show so much. Every show I watch, I can tell you what's going to happen in the first 10 minutes. This right. show, 10 years later, I'm still surprised right. every week. Everybody thinks like Carol's going to is going to be the one to kill Alpha. Mm. <sighs> See, and I'm I want that to happen. Everybody but does. I, I, I don't it. know that it will. I right. want it to happen though. I but, I feel like Carol needs that. Right. She needs to to be the one to do that. I'll tell you what. I actually don't agree with that. I don't think she needs that. I think she needs something else. Because I made this observation last year when we when we <laughs> no when I when we thought this up. I was thinking to myself, but does she? Like the thing is, like, what do you become if you get the thing that you thought you wanted again? Now, like. I'm sure everybody would be on the same page as like Carol needs to get this. But Carol specifically though, because I'm thinking to myself, if she gets Alpha, do the nightmares end? No. You know what I mean? Like there's the hole in her no, heart. No, of course not. Yeah, does the hole in her heart like somehow that's, heal? That's not the point. That's not why you do it. <laughs> that's not why I would do it. Right. I wouldn't do it to heal myself. I would this do it for revenge. This is why you still fight with revenge. your aunt. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why I still fight with your aunt Thanksgiving. <laughs> you'll you'll get there. I believe in you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I wouldn't as a mother, I wouldn't be doing this to feel better about anything. Right. I know it wouldn't make me feel better. Nothing is going to make me feel better. But, but I need to do this. I have to end this. But you do realize the huge difference um between you and Carol is that Carol is like a bazooka at the termites and you're just a person in the world doing whatever you can. <laughs> like Carol's a superhuman. Like it's like yeah. bring it's like bringing a bazooka to a knife fight. You know, it's like it's yeah. like game over. So I'm saying, like, how does that affect others? How does that affect herself? Because she could turn the bazooka around on herself. You know, what I mean, oh, that's sure, classic sure. Carol. Easily. You know, e very yeah, very easily. Almost almost I, I, suiciding herself in, in like the in the freeway with all those saviors, almost, and like mm -hmm. pulling out a hail mary at this at the last mm -hmm. thing and seeing if it would work. Right. I would also be okay if Lydia did it. Killed Alpha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would. Mean, I would be especially okay if Beta did it. Oh man. Yeah, both of those have interesting consequences. Mm hmm Right? Mm-hmm. But And now then, that Beta's like seeing Alpha start to lose it, like I, I could see that more and more. Although I'm starting to see that like Alpha having these feelings for Lydia and the reason why they go back and show Beta's wearing of his best friend's face, they're showing both frailties. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the episode they're both acknowledging, Yes, we both have these frailties. So let's just keep this one a secret. Right. So like I think I don't think I I mean, it would be cool to see that happen. Like, 
like like alpha t- like going a bridge too far for beta like okay mm-hmm. it was one thing when we had the secret but now that you're spilling the tea <laughs> like, yeah like yeah well, all right and then K- gamma comes in and just not just murks them both out right that's right. what i think well what happens when everybody finds out alpha did not kill lydia exactly would it not then fall on beta to sort of step up and say look you are not fit to be leader right exactly it's like what were we following you for we could have been like mm-hmm. in the lap of luxury in either of these <laughs> wonderful three kingdoms <laughs> like, right or two sorry two now yeah yeah whoops <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> my bad <laughs> I mean, or like maybe even stay at the ruined kingdom. Like that seems better than being with the whispers. Better than the woods, right? It seems like it has four walls and a roof. Yep. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, I but I do want to go back to that kiss for just a jolly second because I I looked Mm -hmm. at it really closely because a was a. It was a little Did hot. you pause it? I, no, no. I didn't put it in slow motion either. But I did like Lies. notice, like at, at the beginning, there was a little resistance. In mm-hmm. the middle, though, there was that solid she, eye close. And she she's gave like in. really leaning in. And then, and yeah. then she goes, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got I to back out of yeah. this. <laughs> well, excuse me. I got carried away. Well, and she explains that very well, too. You yeah. know, when she says, I haven't kissed anyone over four feet in six <laughs> years. I mean... At Which that is point, adorable. the girl just—I know, right? It is adorable, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, of course, she just, she just wanted, she just wanted something to feel something, yeah. right? And she—that's what I like about that—is that she allows herself, and I love that she allows herself. She doesn't beat herself up over it. That, yeah, I love, and I. I I will I will not, but I want to like yell at any fan that says otherwise. Like you have to keep yourself chased for real. Oh no! Like that's no. silly. Because I think there are even lines dialogue. There's even like some really heartfelt dialogue that throws yeah. the scent off of anybody that would chastise her for right. feeling that way. I mean, the come on, Lori waited. Lori waited what four hours? So Michonne can take six years, that's seven so- years at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, Michonne Purity took testing. a good seven years. She deserves a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about that partner, because I, I love how this episode oh, is living. The whole partner in crime me thing. So, yeah, it's got me. Oh, it got me. Yeah. <laughs> but more to the point, something happens in this episode. You, you start to see it in the beginning of the episode. And then by the end of the episode, you realize that I've been ignoring like the perfect partner in crime this whole time. Somebody who has a bit of my voice, a bit of my ex-partner in crime, and that's Judith, mm-hmm. you know? And she she mm-hmm. really doesn't... I think she needed that confrontation with Zeke to kind of let that simmer and then really pay attention to Judith. Like, Judith wows her in the beginning. She's like, hmm, okay. Mm. Like, <laughs> okay. And then Judith goes, all right, I'm done. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> you do what you've got to do, girl. But then, like, <laughs> you have Zeke's confrontation right after, and then you see how impressed Michonne is in the Walker fight at Hilltop. She's oh like, wait a minute. She so gives, adorable. She gives good advice, and she can defend herself. Yeah. I, I've, I'm this proud parent. I, I helped with that. Look what I did. I made yeah. this. I did this. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I don't think she got to see it with her own children. And that's really, I mean, tragic, but at yeah. the same time, something something good came out of all this. Like, something good came out of this entire thing. I've, 
And that's like that's my conclusion at the end of the episode. And then she has her come along with her to Oceanside at the end, which really says a lot about taking Zeke's thing, reflecting, putting up a mirror to herself about leadership and how it's all on you. And it's like, well, no, maybe it isn't all on me. Maybe there's a piece of me that I could, that is sitting right there that has all my judgments without all my baggage, all my mm-hmm. baggage, like we were talking mm-hmm. about before, the ninja-wielding psycho, a ninja sword-wielding psycho <laughs> with a shared delusion. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> There's a piece of me that that I can rely on. There's yeah, you know, I don't know how much yet, but maybe. And Daryl too, you know, like Daryl on the on the, oh, on, yeah. the on the walkie. It's like she sees mm-hmm. in Daryl somebody that she can trust with her judgment enough to make the decision for her. Oh and, yeah, when she gives him her proxy vote. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And I left an, and I made like a tiny little footnote about like where Daryl was exactly last year and with Rick's blind trust in Daryl, like having all this unwarranted faith in Daryl and taking care of the sanctuary. And like you see, mm-hmm. Daryl's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. they're not listening to me. Well, and furthermore, he, why would he want to, why would Rick think that is a good idea? I mean, he just spent however long in a in a dungeon there. That's the last place he needed to be. Exactly. I mean, for real. That is the last place Daryl needed to be. Yeah, in spite of that, all the I makeovers, whatever it is, right? Oh, it does, yeah, no, absolutely not. That is the last place I would have put Daryl. That's like, that's like having that like. poor poor management. It's like, it's like <laughs> having, having like a Holocaust survivor manage the, you know, the, the, the yeah. uh, yes. museum of holocaust <laughs> it's like exactly crazy. yeah yes you wouldn't do that you, yeah. you wouldn't do it was like that. on top of like the blind faith because like daryl wasn't at where everybody else was at he didn't like the idea of big communities trying to help each other out too right no no he openly admits this to both rick and carol it's like mm-hmm. so why are you making me do this like i know you trust right. me but you're not using good judgment here right. with michonne <laughs> it's so warranted it goes back to my comment about what yeah. You know, the contrast between him and Carol is some, is like almost night and day, though, like in terms of what to do, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's so amazing to see. And this is everything we wanted to see Daryl become like this, you know, still no bullshit, taking no bullshit, but like also like using crazy judgment, you know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's it's almost more amazing than getting actual lines. <laughs> <laughs> which he's getting thankfully he's getting a lot of lines yeah yeah so glad to see it yeah i just like like how all these times lead to one another like how they have value and why this matters and like i don't know and like how it like it kind of circles around michonne a little bit circles around judith and circles around daryl and you see mm-hmm. how each one lights something up in the other person so yeah. yeah. Um, but let's talk about Negan for a fraction of a second. I don't know how much we can say, but like, um, it seems like he's saying all the right things, like all the things that are actually true. Mm-hmm. And nobody is like, it must be really shitty for <laughs> for Daryl to have to admit Negan is right. Right. I mean, and but he, he does like yeah. that just goes to show you what kind of man Daryl is too. I mean, it would be so easy for him to be like, you fucked up, man. You're you're done. You're done. Dead. But he doesn't. Like, he sees... I, I don't. I don't know if I want to say he sees him changing because I don't. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm there yet. I just really don't, I don't think know. He's like there you yet said, either. he's saying all the right things. You know, he is well, saying all the right things, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think. But more, more than, than that, I, he believes Lydia. Right. Which, which is good. Right. Right. And also puts him in a tough spot because. <laughs> Because of the obvious, because of the things we just talked right. about. Like, oh, he did right. this to me at the sanctuary. Now I'm leading it. Oh, what the hell? Um, right. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the, th- the thing that kills me about this whole situation is, like, you know, having to f- obviously say boo and, like, 
and everything that he's saying is right, but I mean, it's mostly like a reflection of like everything that Negan does is ironically the right thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that kills me the most about that interaction is that like, I, and I wish they would have like made more of a point of this is that I think Daryl should feel like he may have dropped the ball in trying to protect Lydia because I know that there's a part of him in last Ooh. season that's like, yeah, like that that like was mm-hmm. determined to in the process of trying to acclimate her, like in, you know, like a similar shared history about abusive parents, you know, mm-hmm. and or an abusive parent, particularly Alpha, mm-hmm. namely Alpha rather, right, and like in in light of the fact that they're very similarly made up down to the squirrels right or like was yeah. it rabbits for daryl it could have been whatever either way different you know it's a scale thing you know daryl with rabbits wild animals yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like you yeah. see similarities throughout the episode like things that lydia do in this episode are like almost what we saw daryl do in the past like the only real difference is where they're at in civilization like where it was yeah. daryl and it was like no man's land is like you know king of the hill kind of rules like mm-hmm. daryl could get away with being a complete dick and then come around and whatever <laughs> But Lydia yeah. in civil society can't catch a break. Right. <laughs> like, right. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Dude, she had, you know, and like, here's the thing. Like, talk about the right thing to do. Like, talk about the wrong thing to do. <laughs> Lydia having her, like, teenage outburst. <laughs> Like with the squirrel moment, yeah, was the exact wrong thing to do. That like uh, yeah. turned everything up till I think I'm not saying I blame everything that happened to her from that point on on her, but like as oh. a result of that, like it just made things so much worse for her. Like was, she must have felt so good in the moment. Oh sure, but like I was on her side. I was I was cheering hell yeah. Oh up yeah. Until she went shh. Then I'm like, nope, see, you crossed the line there. But that now was a teenage you just put, I know, I know, but she wasn't thinking because she wants to be part of these people. She says, You're my people. You don't go you don't do that. You don't you can't cross that line because now they just you were already on that side of the line and you just got kicked to the end of it because oh, you don't know. I yeah, I was I was rooting for her until she did that and I went, Nope, nah, you took it too far. One yeah. step too far. Too but you far. know what what I loved about that, like that <laughs> specific moment mm-hmm. is that that is every single fight I had with my sisters. <laughs> they had no stop. Like, like, I, I don't know what it was with us. We always had to see, like, I always had a saying, and my wife knows the saying is like, never back a cameo into a corner, <laughs> never yeah. back a cameo into the corner because <laughs> they will scratch your eyes out. They don't care. Like they will mm-hmm. do anything. That's the thing. Like they will do anything to get out of that corner. And I have mm-hmm. a cousin who I know would do anything, like anything. <laughs> and then they'll like cry about it later. Like, oh, look what you made me do. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Just relax, buddy. <laughs> you were the one who decided to do this thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it, you know. But that's the thing. Like it's like I connected with that so much because it's like I know how satisfying that feels. It's like oh, it feels so good in the moment to be like. Mm-hmm. Shh. And then, like, yeah. have everybody come after you. I mean, like, you know, justifiably, but in that moment, that that blissful moment, it's just, I get it so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And that, it's just, it's authentic. Yeah. It's so and authentic. And Daryl did, too. She even says, you know, they deserved it. He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, but... <laughs> Still can't do it. <laughs> they did deserve it. Again, shows growth. Yeah. In the fact that he gives the exact opposite advice that he would have taken, he would not have taken himself back Oh my then. gosh, right? right? Ignore yeah, she them. Is, she is 100% season one and two, Daryl. Absolutely. But like you said, it's a completely different... No, Climate. It, it, it is. It is. I know, right? So 
yeah, they did deserve it, but yeah. that's just not how you handle things anymore. We're yeah. we're building a society, we're building a civilization. You gotta handle things a little bit differently. Yeah, a little time and place, right? It's, yeah, it's not the right yeah. time. Although they were all sitting down and eating, right? Yeah. W was that not a okay? So she brought food with her. Not totally inappropriate. <laughs> Here's my lunch, guys. Plop. It's time to eat. <laughs> Saying our prayers now. Right. <laughs> I need to say grace. Hail we Alpha, walk full in of darkness. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we walk in darkness. <laughs> we are the end that's of the our, world. That's their that's their dinner time prayers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine that being? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we hate everyone. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was. I keep looking down at this because I don't want to forget it. It happens. It happens so quickly, and I'm. I'm certain you caught it too in um, Sadiq's flashes. Oh no! You, you tell me what you caught because I was struggling to find any nuggets. Okay, I, I saw, saw one. Yeah, I saw that was it. That was that okay. was what I saw. So he's he's seeing people all around him, and it's sort of. Um, coming in and out of focus between being in the barn with the whispers and then reality with, you know, the Alexandrians all around. And then all of a sudden we One see image. Enid, right. we see Enid like this and she's like getting ready to fight. And it, I mean, it, it's from Sadiq's point of view. Yeah. So are we, I mean, it almost seems like he was going to, he was fighting her. I am not prepared for that. I'm not I'm I'm not either, but but the point of view is extremely misleading if that's not if that's not what's happening. The point of view we saw of Enid is extremely misleading. Now, I don't think Sadiq my first thought was like, Oh my gosh, what if they like pit them against each other and he was the last man standing? But oh I don't God. think that's the case. No, I don't I think either. that's I don't think that's the case because there was a lot of people on Pikes that, that Sadiq would not have been able to overpower, like Tara. <laughs> She would have kicked his ass. But wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. How about Al Alec and Ozzy? I mean. Right. Together. They're not. They're, they're it, a tornado. It, it's not happening. Exactly. Like, Sadiq's not going to take the two of them out. So I don't think it was a pitting against each other type of situation, but I don't know. That, I'm, that image is stuck in my head because it's him having the flashes. It's her in front of him, facing him in a, in a fighting position. Right. So that's, that's what I keep seeing. And, it, I, well, and she was the only one that I'm, I saw anyway. I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate on this one because like, she's the only one I saw too. But yeah. there's two things that make, make me kind of take a step back. And that's because uh, I was kind of like, but like it doesn't, didn't, first of all, it didn't feel like it. That's not even a factor, but I'll just throw it in there. It didn't feel like that was the case. Like I was trying to make that the case and I was just kind of like, this doesn't feel like they fought. It doesn't make logical it, sense to me. It doesn't, but the point of view is what's throwing me off. Right, but let me help you with those. One okay. is the, the visual is very strained, whereas the flashback he had of Alpha was very clear. It was short, mm -hmm. brief, but it was mm -hmm. very clear, very clear on proximity, like how the point of view, who was being spoken to, etc. This flash was not even in full color. It was kind of a, a transparency kind yeah. of flash, which also gives us a sense of scale of space because Sadiq is against the wall. Everybody's at least like, uh, I want to say 15 feet away from him. Yeah, I mean, a good distance, sure. So, and the flash we saw like was a more of a close-up on the people. That It was a close-up of the people as was panning it. Mm -hmm. um, so if he would have seen that perspective she would have been a lot closer than 15 feet in my mind 
Do you know what I mean? Like Enid. She would, uh, Enid would be to him. Like she yeah. would be at least like like five feet, maybe seven feet, like rather than 15, 20 feet. Yeah. You know? So that's what really kind of brings it back. I'm like, oh, wait, maybe this is just him, you know, looking at, at this from a distance, like looking around at everybody trying to put up a good fight or something like that. I don't know. Okay. You know what I mean? It's too, it's too vague where his previous flashes were pretty clear, mm-hmm. right? I just so. thought it was strange that she was the only person we saw. Well, maybe we're going to see a little bit of everybody, you know, like a little bit, little flash maybe. of everybody. That's sad. I, yeah. I just, I hope, I hope we do get a clear idea of what happened. I mean, you know, maybe not the actual scene itself, but a more clear image of, of what exactly happened. And I mean, it's traumatic, you know, I, everything that happened, he, you know, the PTSD makes sense, but I don't know. I just would like to see, I just would like to see exactly what happened. Yeah. No more. I just want to know more. I agree. <laughs> and you know, I think the thing that, that we need to kind of like take a step back and appreciate um, is how much more the the whispers are fleshed out, but also like whatever we discover about what happened with him that night, you know, not about him, but with him, whatever they pull out of that hat is going to be so much more than we could have ever gotten from the comic for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's, I think that is something to just appreciate on the face of it. And the fact that we will eventually undoubtedly, well, actually, no, maybe I doubt it. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. But like, the fact that we're even thinking that it might re- there there might be more to reveal than is being told is already a win for right. Angela Kang. Like oh, already. absolutely. Just like the pa- the feeling of yeah. tenseness and paranoia that we're feeling about what this episode is essentially about. It's the episode is called Silence the Whisperers, but. Mm-hmm. The idea of Sans the Whispers being being graffitied everywhere says a lot about the episode. It's not about the Whispers whispers. It's also a double entendre. It's like mm-hmm. you're talking about people whispering, and you see Lydia see this. Because this is like right after Lydia says, like, you people put on these polite faces to Daryl. Yeah. It's just a mask. And she's in the jail. And she's like the only place where she feels safe. Because mm-hmm. um, when things get bad, um, when you get scared, you pick a target, aim, and shoot. Me, Negan, anything but you. Um, and the fact that Daryl decides to keep her in a safe is like what well, probably what any parent would do. If you feel safer in the cage, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to pull you out of it. You know? Right. And so. I, it probably is the safest place for her. Lydia's peering out into Alexandra. This is before she decides to go into the jail and says i i release negan whatever yeah she peers out to everybody in alexandria sees everybody whispering and like they're saying things like i you know i don't know i'd be scared etc etc mm-hmm. that's what the subtitles are saying right mm-hmm. and i said to myself i wrote this down i said hold on to that scene because she's looking out at, at out towards all of alexandria there's no graffiti on the walls just yet except for their door right 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 and at, and at the end when the song comes back on and you know luke is going away and blah blah, blah and we'll talk about that in just a sec but <laughs> but this but it also goes back to Alexandria like Carol's looking at a map from the rooftop like and again this is all geography like why is Carol on the roof instead of with Daryl on the ground like, mm-hmm. it's showing that people are physically drifting apart from each other right I know that's not right. what anybody wants to hear but like there's a truth to it there's again unbreakable bond but, but yeah. sometimes people are in different spaces and that's okay um, and maybe that's what they need too by the way things need to fall apart before they can come back together yeah and they're not broken <laughs> they're not broken no they're just moving around in their tethered space they're still tethered but they just <laughs> move and you have to trust that everything's going to be okay maybe yep. it's the walking dead you never know <laughs> But but That's like the, true. the song is playing again. Carol's on the roof watching and then Daryl's cleaning up the door. Like again, why would Daryl do that? That's not a Daryl thing to do. And yet he's grown, right? Um, right. That makes sense to me. Um like oh girl, I'm washing my boots on and gonna Well, I mean it I, piss I somewhere. 
I took it as him washing it off the door for Lydia. I mean, right. it, it bothered her, so he was going to get rid of that for her. I, like, I just love where he's at. And that's the thing. I And I want to go back to that whole father figure kind of person because I predicted that he would be. And I mm-hmm. hope that as a result of all this that we see – first of all, I, I really do think they could have punched that a little bit like harder in this episode. That, like he, Maybe he feels like he dropped the ball with Lydia. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they kind of they kind of nailed it when kinda. she was talking about her dad. Right, I right. mean, he really felt like shit then. You know, Cassidy Mc- McClincy, she said that that uh, Norman Reedus improvised the hug in that scene. Aww. And I was, that almost broke me. I was like, oh. that is so much. That is so Aww. much that they had to keep that in. Uh, because she was, because every time she would go through that scene, can you imagine how many takes she had to do this? And she's bawling, crying, and she'd have to leave and yeah. come back and do it all over again. Oh, that'd be it was so, just so hard. Intense. And then Norman Reedus just like it gets to a point. Norman Reedus is just like, and that's the that's the that's the, the take hug. they took. But uh, it pays, I guess, to to watch Talking Dead. I'm just saying. Which, by the way, remember all the things I normally do. I I just missed this last one, but right. normally that's the only one I've missed. <laughs> I, by the way, and that's that's what makes me so upset is that like I had not watched it f- this entire season like on time oh, no. for, for when we were recording. And then and as I'm watching all these these Talking Deads that I missed, because <laughs> one of you had said, "Oh, they said that on Talking Dead." I'm like, uh-huh. and I did the headcock thing. Like, really? Oh shit. And I realized as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, they said this thing that I said here. They said there this thing is. I said. Here. I'm like, motherfucker. And I thought yeah. I was like, you know, I'm having profound thoughts. And I'm like, I know. Fuck you, hard work. Do, you fed I Nicole do that Brown? all the time. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'll but, say it out loud, and then they'll say it on the show. And I look at my husband, and I'm like, are they listening to me? <laughs> yeah, I, I got really – but that's that's what kills me. Is like, What kills me about that moment is that, is that like – I I don't want people to think that I'm inauthentic. Like I thought this all on my own. I did not watch Talking right. Dead for weeks. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> they're gonna think I'm talking. They're gonna think I'm like not crediting talking crediting Talking Dead right, uh, no. when I'm saying these things. And I, all it is is I just didn't know that they said it. Right, and, right. Because I'm more than happy. Just like I said right now, I'm more than happy to credit Talking Dead with that Cassidy McClincy rare moment, Norman Reedus, right. etc. Like I'm more than happy to point out when they say something cool that I'll repeat. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that up front. <laughs> no, I'll, again, do, I'll do the same thing, too. If I mean, if I know something or gather information from Talking Dead, yeah, I'll say, oh, I'm Talking Dead, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, going back to the whole seeing Lydia seeing the Alexandrians whisper, it's like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Um, you go to the end scene, and then you see kind of a similar shot, but it kind of goes in on the crowd a little bit more. It kind of goes in and around the geography of Alexandria, yeah. um, and that's when you see the the, the actual graffiti because you hear the whispers and see them whispering, looking at her, at her, like walking around and, and stuff. And then you see again once they pan around, they see all the graffiti. Like it was mm-hmm. all bare, and then right afterwards, all graffiti. And yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of an interesting, cool little visual representation of what's going on in Alexandria, and it's frightening. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Well, who do who do you think did the graffiti? That's a good question because you would you would easily say that it's Gage. Do you, do you think if there's a conspiracy going on? Like maybe it's just ironically one person or what? Well, I no actually my first thought was um my first thought was Negan actually before he took off Ooh, that's to clever. wherever he's at. That's really clever. And that would make sense too, right? Or could it have been yeah. Brandon? That makes more sense to me, causing a schism, an opportunity for Negan to escape, to look at Lydia while he makes his move, right? Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know, but that also begs the question who let him out? 
out. Brandon. Who's Brandon? Bra- the, oh, Brandon. Yes, yes, yes. Brandon. Why would Brandon let him out? I don't know. Why would Brandon let him? <laughs> we'll find out next week. I mean, well, the, the thing that would... makes that makes me say that is a sneak peek. Right. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, and I haven't seen the sneak peeks yet. But when they, when Gabe was like, "Oh, I," you know, I asked Laura, and she said she didn't do it, and I believe her. I'd be like, Psh, "Why? <laughs> Why would you believe her?" <laughs> She's a savior, goddammit. She's a savior. Once a savior, always a savior. But I think that also <laughs> establishes, like, Gabriel's, yeah. like, in spite of all the paranoia, Gabriel still doesn't lose his... And I feel that. I feel like Gabriel doesn't lose his... his, his well, just like Daryl doesn't lose his, you know, I need proof. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lose my medal. I'm not going to lose my values over this. Yeah. And he wavers a little bit at the council, like, at that last minute, but... Yeah. Well, and Laura's one that we could, you know, judge her by her actions. You mm-hmm. know, she has proven time and time again that she is... In Alexandrian, and you know, I, I mean, my first thought was, why would you believe her? But I, it obviously was a joke. <laughs> right, right. She's proved, she's proved that she's trustworthy. Both her and DJ at the time, like the fact that they right. made it this far in Michonne's inner circle as like warriors, is a big really, thing for Michonne. I really, really want to see how DJ made that flip because we still do not have answers. The last time we see DJ, he is in that small group. At the with, bridge camp, yeah. With mud or whatever, and Picking he's attacking. Yeah, and he's attacking Carol. Yeah, he's not. He's in that little group. Not him specifically, but he's in that group of people who charge after after Carol. Um, well, and then all of a sudden, I don't know. We go through the time jump, and he's in, at Hilltop. Right, right. And I'm like, wait a minute. What are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I would like to see. I don't know. Just yeah, a but little you, you want to see like how, how DJ, he went from this to that. Yeah. Like, how did he? What happened there? Like he must have proved he's, himself. Exactly. He had right. What did he do? What did he do? Yeah, because it take it, sh- it takes a lot to make it in Michonne's inner circle. Like who? She's yeah. not like Rick. She doesn't trust blindly. No. Doesn't, she doesn't give people the the, ca- the carrot without the stick. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta prove it. You gotta prove yourself. Yeah. So there are two specific schisms that happen with Magna and Yumiko. So the first one is when the the tree falls on the kingdom. Happens to be the kingdom trailers. Poor kingdom. Been through enough. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh. And then you know Magna has a moment where she goes uh emptying out the trailers, and then Yumiko just suggests using Maggie's old office and pulling out the mattresses and it's like okay and everybody seems to drift towards Yumiko Mm -hmm. like whereas we when we were calling out the group initially it seemed as though Magna had more of the reins it did like and then Yumiko was the obvious second in command Mm-hmm. That was how I I read it. Mm-hmm. Right, and now it's kind of like, uh, okay, we're not gonna we're gonna pretend like we're not listening to you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Getting, like, like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> um, the so the second schism is Magna wants to stay and defend the walls while Yumiko tells everybody to go inside, mm-hmm. and everybody's pretty much on board with that going inside part because they've been mm-hmm. at it for a long ass time. Miko. That was to me that I I don't know I saw that more out of spite than strategy like went, or, out of who Magna okay being spiteful because Yumiko told her to go inside and everybody followed her in there and you know Magna's just like no screw you I don't I'm not gonna do what you tell me just simply because you told me to right and then right. Connie's like Mm-mm, let's go <laughs> now uh, that the big question right like it's almost obvious what you may think right but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going back and forth because there's there's no good answer to this question and that's do you think that Magna has some point no <sighs> I I I think 
I don't. I don't know. I guess I would need a little more information. I'll, gi- if I'll give you a little bit more. If I'm making this solely based on the information that I have, no, because. She's upset that everyone is following Yumiko instead of instead of her or instead of whatever whatever the case may be, and Yumiko's like, no no no, I take everybody's input and then I weigh it and then I you know do the best thing. And Magda's like, no you don't, you're just gonna do whatever you want anyway. Right. Which maybe what she was gonna do is a better idea. I don't I don't know I. I don't know. If Yumiko's ideas are better, then that's what the group should do. Right. Right. That's what the group should do. And if Magna's just being spiteful, like, you know, she maybe she even knows it's a good it's a better idea, but because it wasn't hers, she's just kind of catching a little attitude. So I'll bring up two things. One is that what we notice in the beginning of the episode is the song, and part Mm -hmm. of what happens during the song is as my wife came in, she goes, Oh, sexy time. I'm like yes, brown cow. yes, dear wife. Sexy <laughs> time. Great time to walk in. <laughs> and she's like staring at me, like, hmm? yeah. you like that? I'm like, yes, I happen to. Um, oh oh no. look, a little nipple. Anyways, oh, no. <laughs> whatever. Um, but uh, but the whole point is like to to kind of illustrate. So there's a part of the why this actual scene. Like I thought to myself, like, why is this? The scene is kind of significant, and they dwell on it a little bit, but I'm trying to figure out, like, why are we watching this? Why is this scene so long? And then I start to realize myself, it's kind of like, well, it's one thing if you have sexual attraction. It's another, you know, it's it's one thing if you have the right parts, you know, physically, and things are working, or things look like they have been working for a long time. But when it comes to, like, an actual partnership, and I mean partnership, Mm -hmm. even if you are the better leader, or you are the better, I mean, you have a certain quality that makes you more apt to do this you don't want to um because the way i see magnus group we still call it magnus group for some reason is, is that is that that's how we came into this and somewhere along the line this partnership became unequal which is why the song is so significant it kind of mm-hmm. sets the stage a little bit unbeknownst to us but it's there for later on yeah about where they are mentally like they're kind of drifting apart like one person is taking more charge not including the other person mm-hmm. so magnus kind of magnus just feeling excluded from the process whereas before she was was all seen as a vote in fact yeah their whole thing was voting now that i think about it everybody seemed to have a boat a vote mm-hmm. not a boat <laughs> well maybe they had a vote <laughs> yeah it was all it, well, i wasn't saying yeah. it was all or nothing but they had a democratic process mm-hmm. and instead yumiko just took control so i think certain situations demand it though i mean this was definitely emer- an emergency and think people were hurt people were injured dying they didn't know what was going on and somebody needed to make a split decision and and she did right but that's so, two I, times. Once, it's like mm-hmm. Michonne said, once is a coincidence. Twice is an act of God. Yeah. Three times. Well, I don't know if three times it happens. We but, should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the second time, it it's not even Yumiko that calls everybody back in. It's Jerry first. Jerry says, okay, we got everybody out of the trailers. Right. Come, come on back in. And then Yumiko's like, all right, yeah, come on. Right. Well, I think Yumiko is the one who makes the call, though. Like, like Jerry says, okay, we're good. But we're then good. Yumiko is the one who decides, okay, that seems to be enough. Let's go, you know? Yeah. Which was a little bit confusing because just because you go inside, I mean, there's still all those walkers out there. Why right. wouldn't it wouldn't it make more sense to, ha- you know, now that these injured people are, you know, in a safe place, now bring all the fighters out and clear this mess. Right. But then again, like, who knows who's able-bodied enough? In fact, like... I, mean, right. I thought about that a little bit, too, and it's kind of thinking to myself, like, okay, some people are trying to help the sick, some people are running around getting people out of the rubble, 
There's only mm-hmm. so many fighters, and and they're just dedicating themselves to the cause. Like, and then how do you get yeah. how do you get people that were helping the sick and pulling people from the rubble to then start fighting the walkers and switch out? It's like no, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It's just they don't have the numbers. Yeah. It looks like and some people that can fight that maybe, could be too. Yeah, they're like maybe they can fight and like why mm-hmm. would you put them in danger? So yeah, you're not just cannon fodder. <laughs> <laughs> but um no and i just wanted to bring that up because it, like i was on the i am actually on the same page as you i think yumiko is but then i just thought of another point like yumiko is a better leader but like i thought of another point that was like you see like hints of this last year when she when she made a decision without tara's approval oh yumiko yeah, yeah. When it came to, what was it when she came when it came to using the sneak went... passageway to find uh was it um... connie or kelly no luke Luke, to find Luke and Alden. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Okay. I was thinking of when they showed up, when Magna and Yumiko showed up at the graveyard. They weren't supposed to leave the uh, leave Hilltop then either. And then they showed up at the graveyard to save everybody. Two times. Two times. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the two times they defied the orders. <laughs> um, and so you. And who makes the call? It was Yumiko. Yeah. I believe. At least at least one of the times. I'm not sure who made the call at the graveyard. They just sort of showed up. They yeah. were like, we're here. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now keep in mind this one thing. Yumiko at least had the wherewithal to apologize to Tara for doing that. Like That's true. I know that she you did acknowledge big graces, that. but she did yep. not do that with Magna. No, she didn't. So that's interesting, isn't it? Like no, what she we... more defended her decision. Right, right. Justified yeah. her, her decision. And again, like, again well, I don't feel like she's wrong, again, but... Right, I don't either. And I I feel like she has less to prove with Magna. Like, they've been together. Like, she she had to prove something to Tara. Like, Tara didn't know who she was. Like, I apologize. Like, right. you're letting us stay here. But, like, with, with Magna, she doesn't, I mean, I mean, she should apologize. It would right. just be the nice thing to do. But, but I don't think do she, she doesn't have as much to prove to Magna. And I feel like that's, that's what I'm trying to illustrate. It's like that we do that. Mm-hmm. Over time, we lose the ability to kind of give each other the right, the, the respect that we deserve. You know, because I think we think that sure. it's inherently baked in, but it's not it really isn't like no, over time and it's it'll always wear away good and it's always good to hear an apology when yeah. it's needed it's always you know? good to like just be considerate to other people's feelings yep you know acknowledgement acknowledging oh. that something went wrong i'm on the ground that's, floor that's with that big. shit <laughs> like three years into that's... my marriage i'm not losing that shit <laughs> Yeah. No, man. <laughs> but that's I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. You and I are uniquely, like, we're, we're there. We know what that's like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when we kind of take somebody for granted, a partnership, oh. people we value, opinions, you know? Sure, sure. I mean, we're all on board with Yumiko kind of leading. I get it. Yeah. But <laughs> there's something to be said about how things work in a coupling, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I also want to bring this up because this bears some interesting fruit at the end of it. And that's mm-hmm. you get a little bit more of their backstory mm-hmm. in that she was her lawyer. Yumiko was Magna's lawyer. And we do mm-hmm. know that Magna went to prison, had a prison tattoo on her wrist. And we also... Makes so much sense. Yeah. And we found out <laughs> it that it, like, which takes us to last year, obviously. And last year, when they were trying to justify their existence to Alexandrians, uh, Kelly mentions she's a high school student, but she also men- mentions that her sister was also a lawyer or journalist. Damn it. Is a journalist. I wrote lawyer journalists yeah now what if it was kind of the case that (laughs) that 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 she was writing about magna's case while yumiko was defending her and there's a whole thing that you can draw and like where does luke fit in on in all this (laughs) like now luke they did say they met luke along the way luke is someone they picked up after the end so that, that I mean, all those pieces could still, yeah, all those pieces could still fit together. Yeah, somehow, like music. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but who knows? Who knows? But I just, yeah, yeah there's something cool about getting all of that, you know, backstory and having that all there. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we might see more of that, like more of how this affects their relationship and going forward. Because there may be that third time and that third time there's no going back. Right. Who knows? But again, it, it, yeah. it does bring it back to the song and where people at are at mentally, like an unbreakable bond, but where people drift, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why I love this song so much and now it's in my head. Except I hate that one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three thing. Like at the beginning, at the end, mm-hmm. like of the song, like it just, it just grades on my nerves and I don't think it's intentional. But Well, there's some, there's something to it too. They, the little short little blurb that I read talked about the how percussive. there's that change. Yeah. How there's that, you know, percussive beat, you know, behind the melody and it's very quiet in the beginning and then it, it leads up as the emotion grows and then it kind of goes. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, there's, yeah, it ties, it ties in. It's a crescendo. But yeah, exactly. But that was, I don't know. I, I know the counting kind of, I don't know. It didn't, didn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me it a felt, little it, tan. Well, it felt like it was added in after it didn't feel like it was part of the song it felt like it was added into the episode on top of the music yeah i feel you i feel yeah. you on that one okay i'm just gonna say this line then we're gonna go to sneak peeks but okay. like the fresh set of eyes and a pair of friendly ears mm-hmm. okay cute okay cute yeah. too much too much no it's not too much <laughs> i can handle it too um, cute. But there's there's like a big thing that I kind of want to throw out to you and see if you bite. And that is the Whispers are trying to wear the group down, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why would they even need to do that? And I, I, I'll say this much. There's something that I, we noticed when they came back that they needed to gather their guardians, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Where's the whole? I, I thought, I know, I thought, I thought the same thing. As soon as he said, we need to, re, you know, go get more guardians, I thought, Why? Right. Where's Why? where's the horde? Where is it? Right. And I think that I think just like Alexandria and how people's fears are getting away from them, I think that's what the satellite did to the horde. <laughs> Their horde got away from them. You know, the, having that crash, they were, the fire. But they were out gathering more guardians before that. Before that happened. That's true too. That's right. But yeah, in, in spite of their efforts, and I, it looked like they like they had a couple of them merging. Like maybe it wasn't as big as that big horde mm-hmm. or big herd or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the moment they tried to gather everything, the, when the satellites hit, they went everywhere. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a, an AF or whatever. You right. Know, they didn't just give right. it. And so I think that the one thing that is obfuscated from the group, our protagonist group, is that they have no idea that they have no control over the herd. They have, they don't have it. And so they have to oh. wear them down psychologically. Yeah. It, it's like a bluff. You know, like if we wear them down psychologically, make them think that we're more of a threat than, than we are, it'll make them make rash decisions. And it's working. Yeah. It's working. Yes it, yes, it is. I don't feel like, I don't think that I've seen one person say this, that like they don't think that the horde exists. I mean, people I think aren't acknowledging one way or the other. But I think it's a very important thing to remember in terms of the psychology of what's going on because it, it feels like what da- what Daryl is kind of saying, we don't know that that was, the whisperers and what Eugene was mm-hmm. trying to say until he got cut off about the satellite and you know we don't know if the fire right. was them or whatever it was so like voices of reason if they if they would would have just heard them we would have led to the conclusion they would have found out easily maybe not easily but like they would have it would have led them down a path of thinking wait wait do they have control over that herd maybe they don't yeah you know if they would have just and but it's like Aaron just letting that one thing go and like all these little other things that people didn't like Father Gabriel that dabbing his lip as this fight is about to occur 
and not doing anything. It's like there's these yeah. little things that you can do to prevent things from escalating further. Like not do not give an inch. Like Aaron was not ready to give an inch with Negan when it came to like making sure he's strapped down and submitting and like I'm not letting this go. You are a prisoner. You don't deserve the freedoms that you get. You know, we still have to keep an eye on you. And then like when they see people, well-meaning people, I'm sure or whatever, like start to go astray and you don't you don't do anything. You don't say anything. Right. So it's all these little things like democracy dies in darkness. It, the idea is that, you know, without sunlight, you know, if you don't shine a light on on things that are wrong, that's when democracy mm-hmm. starts to die, to die. When we start absconding with our principles because we're just not sure, you know, that's when democracy dies. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the point of that. So we could have stopped this. We could have stopped. We could have. Oh, we, we, yeah. we could have stopped ourselves from jumping off that cliff, Ezekiel. Like there's a little visual element to that kind of mm-hmm. behavior. And if Ezekiel would have just said something sooner, said, I'm not fine, Jerry, you know, yeah. then he probably wouldn't have found himself there, you know, and, and the show. Yeah. It, no, it definitely admit. is. It definitely is. But it's, it's hard to admit that. Yeah. But it's just the visual representation of what we could have done to prevent ourselves from getting to the cliff. It's like yeah. that, I how these are married, like these ideas are married. And I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I like that on a beautiful narrative sense. You know, that's yeah. really cool. Um, Obviously not cool that I love Gabe. I love Zeke. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Zeke. I love Gabe too. Fuck that. I just love, I love that we're seeing him make, like he has like this stature and this status almost. Yeah. And, and being like rational. I mean, he's, He's he's coming around on me. I mean, he's got I don't know more of a purpose now. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just he was too sneaky and weaselly when we first met him, and I just didn't I, I didn't like him. I didn't like I didn't like the character. I didn't like where he was headed. I didn't know what to expect from him. He was unpredictable, and I didn't like it. Yeah, and hey, <laughs> if, if we're gonna give Daryl his due, and it's a quite striking due. Um, that sounded weird. Like, I mean, I guess we have to sort of... I mean, maybe people disagree with me, but, like, I guess you ha- you kind of have to give Gabriel his due. He's not a timid creature. He's show- exercising, like, confident judgment, mm-hmm. you know? And people are behind him. People really respect him, too. Yeah. You know? It's it's not even like, look, you can think what you want, but you have to look around at people around him. And if people around right. him are like, yeah, and he looks kind of the part, I mean, we have to kind of believe yeah. it. <laughs> of also kind of makes... Also kind of makes me wonder, like, what happened to him in the past six years? Like, where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, like, almost the last thing we see right before they go into season nine is that little, that scene in the church being like, you gave me so much. And I can never forget it because we made a little clip mm-hmm. of it at, in, in that episode. I think it was episode 16. Was it, you gave me so much after you gave me so much? That's what he says. Like, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. After he, he's, he's feeling a little bit better and he loses his eye or whatever. But yeah, it's just a moment. Mm-hmm. It's a moment. He's feeling a moment. <laughs> it's a yeah. mood. That's what I meant. It's a mood. It's a mood. Yeah, I've heard as, people say that. As the kids say. I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to say, I see that all over Facebook, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I, st- I stand Gabe. <laughs> I stand Gabe. It's a you mood. Sta- you stand Gabe. It's a mood. <laughs> stand. Yeah. I don't which know. I, yeah. Which I found out what I'm not, stand I'm not, means. I'm not up with the lingo. Oh. Stan? Yeah, stand. You're saying stan? Yeah, not stand. Oh, see? <laughs> no, it's stan. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it's... So it's a rip off you of uh, Eminem's Stan. Oh, 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 okay, all right. And how See, the relationship that all put between it into, yeah. that all put it into place for me. <laughs> but right, yeah, it's like Stan who loves 
Eminem. So I stand Eminem. It's a whole thing. So yeah. there you go. Gotcha. That's stupid. I I can't believe that's a I can't believe that's a new that's a thing that kids are saying now. Mm-hmm. Who th- who what kids now know who Eminem is or stand for that matter? Well, the thing is, it's an irony because when people were saying it in the beginning, it was like a signal, like, "Oh, you gay? Were you gay? You homo?" So, no, because that's <laughs> what it felt like when people saw Stan like fangirling over fangirling. I don't. Well, you get what I mean. Uh, for Eminem, it was okay. code in the rat in in hip hop for like, "Oh, you standing th- you stand this like okay, you like a homo over this guy, you know, like that kind of thing." No, that's the thing. Okay. so. So what kids are ironically doing today is taking it back. It's like, so what? I stand this person. So it's kind of a cool <laughs> thing in its own right, but also Wasn't stand a stalker. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, we're thinking of the same song, right? Right. But I think it's it's the idea of like calling him a homo and then like that being a bad thing, but they're taking it back and making it like a positive thing. But either way, one sounds really stupid. They're taking it back. Yeah. So yeah, either, either one doesn't sound very good. No, not really. One just sounds really, really dumb. <laughs> but anyway, so let's go to sneak peeks. Sneak peeks. Which thankfully, Yay. aren't that, aren't that crazy? But I got all of them. Um, yeah. So I like this little scene where Negan splashing his water on his face, having escaped. So it's like season nine in a way, though. Like, you mm. remember when he drinks from that foul pond and he just throws up yeah. a scene later and he's in the clearing yeah. again? This mm-hmm. is different. He seems to be okay. Um, and then Brandon finds him and throws him in water, which makes me think, maybe, oh. maybe. Hmm. You know, that is another little nod to the comics. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of that because... There's little brief flashes right after that that indicate that they face some stuff along the way together. Well, this, at this point, when Negan gets out in the comics is, is when he runs into Alpha. Right, right. I don't know. Which I don't think they'll do. I don't think... I don't think we're ready for that. We're not ready for that interaction yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Which is good because you don't really see that in the sneak peeks. But there's a chance that you may, it may happen. But we'll see because going through yeah. it. Um, and one of the flashes, okay, is is when I saw the Talking Dead sneak peek, one of those flashes or one of those challenges is Negan rushing into a charter bus and saving a woman in the back. Mm. A woman is like, almost like literally you just see he's almost, dead and then like he takes the walker and slams it against the bathroom door in the back you know how charter buses have that bathroom <laughs> yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah out of order <laughs> do not go in there you do not want to go in there yeah exactly <laughs> give about 25 35 minutes, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> love an ace ventura reference um, right <laughs> pet detective okay and um Okay, so another one is uh, Kelly is tracking something in the woods and faces walkers. And then Oscar, whom I spoke of before, uh, played mm-hmm. by Anthony Michael Lopez, is like the fourth time I've said his name. Um, <laughs> look him up on Instagram. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Um, he relays this info to Connie and said she'd be back at Hilltop but never showed. Spooky. And then given what we know about her in the first episode and how her hearing's kind of not, is starting to degrade, this could play into something bigger. Um, now the AMC.com sneak peek now in that in that one flash it's no it, it appears as though Daryl's magically at the hilltop for some reason and then amc.com um uh, sneak peek assumes that it shows Daryl and Sadiq coming to hilltop as they're trying to search for Negan right okay uh, mm-hmm. Daryl's on his motorcycle Sadiq's behind him in horseback searching for Negan and then talk to Zeke 
uh, King is stuck in the past because um, he's saying things like, you know, what Negan took from us, you know, what we didn't take from him, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, but also in that moment, it looks like he's also sick. Uh-oh. Because he's coughing. Uh-oh. Yeah. Doesn't look good. Like, it's not obvious, but there's this, like, one moment where he's like, <clears throat> I'm fine. Yeah. And there's hints of that, like, in the last episode. He's like, he's just feeling, he's looking not, he's looking shitty. <laughs> Maybe Michonne gave him something when they kissed. <laughs> Michonne is, is patient zero. Okay. Um, yeah. And so Daryl also makes it a point to ask Zeke if he wants to ask about Carol. Daryl says this. Balanced-headed Daryl. Do you think he's you think he's taking a jab though, or do you no. think he really means it? Because I think you see the first episode and how Zeke was trying to connect with Carol and he was not succeeding. So I think he was trying right. to throw him aside. And think of the difference between his interaction with Zeke in the winter, that one scene near the the lake, I think it was. Oh right, when he basically tells Daryl like, dude, you gotta like get Cut out of the, the picture shit. here. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl's like, she goes where she wants to, and like whatever. Right. And yeah. now look at him. Daryl's like going out of his way to kind of throw him a bone. And I think that's really cool. I think it's really cool. It, c- it could be, but on the flip side, like, I mean, if Zeke needs to like get through this and get over it, like maybe it is best not to talk about her and like just kind of move on and don't dwell in the past. Just focus on the next challenge, whatever but, it is. But I also think that I think, and I did think about this and like, why there's, he doesn't do things for no reason. Daryl, like mm-hmm. when he does things, he's deliberate. There's mean, because mm-hmm. otherwise he wouldn't do things. He's just the, not a guy that does things. He'll do it for himself. But when it comes to other people, he's deliberate. Yeah. I've noticed. I don't know. But um, I think he's actually trying to get him and Carol together. I think he's. I think he's actually trying to get Zeke and Carol together. Because I, I think mean, at least to talk, right? I, I mean, think, if not more. Yeah, because I think they're grieving, and I think yeah. Right. You're. You're to your point. Yeah, and I think that. He's seeing something in Carol, and I think he's not liking that. First of all, that she almost got all of them killed several yeah. times, to, uh, like last ep- two episodes ago, <laughs> um, or last episode, whatever. Um, and if this keeps going and she keeps getting consumed by vengeance, it could happen again, and that's not what she needs. There's an obvious thing that's going on here, and maybe Zeke is the one, because they both went through it, they both lost their son, maybe yeah. Zeke is the one to, to be the one, even if they're not going to be together, right. to help them... Like, Talk and uh, yeah. Heal. Yes. Absolutely. I completely. Yeah. Yes. I can see that. Daryl sees the the both of them going through the same thing, and you're absolutely right. The two of them, whether whether or not they stay together as a couple, which I mean, honestly, I could take it or leave it, but I they agree. do they do need to spend some time together and grieve together because they have a shared loss. And or go after Alpha together. Why not? But at least they have a check. Well, you know, grieve first. Grieve, <laughs> mourn properly. Well, because that's that's when you get all the yeah. crazy emotions out, right? And yeah. then once you go through that process, then you can think about things clearly. Okay, I feel better now. What are we gonna do about it? Hey, it's two sets of eyes and a friendly pair of ears. Exactly. That's all yeah, I'm saying. That's I, all we're saying. Well, and even when Carol initially, you know, left Ezekiel, that was my first thought was not yet. Like this, I mean, I'm, I'm sure traumatic things have happened to you in your life. And if I've ever gotten an advice yeah. after a traumatic event, it's don't don't make any life changing decisions right now. Like yeah. don't do anything out of the ordinary because right. you are only you're doing this out of you know emotional reaction, not logic, yeah. not rational thinking. 
And I think that's what happened with, with her and Ezekiel. I think she sort of freaked out and said, I just need to get the hell out of here. And, and she did. And so she did not get to grieve properly. And neither did Ezekiel. He, right. all, he needed that partner. He needed that person to grieve with too, which is why he's going so batshit crazy now. Yeah. They both are. Yeah. In different directions, but they're both going crazy. Yeah, and it makes me think of two things. I'll say the first thing now, and that's it kind of goes back to Lydia making that rash decision in the in the lunchroom in the cafeteria yeah. down <laughs> with the squirrel. But it also makes me think of another thing, and it's staring me right in the face, and that it's that little portrait of Zeke and Carol. And it's so oh. adorable. <laughs> like they could use a little of that. Yeah. Look they, how smile. Look how big a smile is. Yeah. He's run out of cheek. <laughs> he, run out, he run out of cheek. His smile's so he big. Run he run out, out of cheek. Of cheek. <laughs> She's looking at her ring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I remember yeah. this campfire scene. It's the the yeah. scene where she said, yeah, "I'll try it on." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Queen sounds What's it look like? Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of a cut is this? <laughs> is this a pear cut? <laughs> What's the clarity you know on I, this? You know, I only like the princess cut. Yeah. Princess <laughs> <laughs> Two carrots? Are you made of metal? <laughs> I don't know. You're a metal king, right? You're so metal. I love you. Um, okay, I, okay. I I do hope I do hope that that's what what Daryl's doing though. I yeah. mean, he's he recognizes he's that the both of them need to grieve properly and. And, you know, as much as he wants to be that person for Carol, uh, you know, he recognizes that he can't be. He did not go through the same thing that they, that the two of them did. Again, yeah, where the icebergs just move apart. And that's yeah. okay. It's just what happens. It is okay. Yeah. It is okay. It's just it's what happens. Okay. <laughs> it's just what happens. It is. That's yes. life. Yeah, yep. I mean, and it's okay. <laughs> whispers, Alpha showing affection for Gamma. There's a little, there's a little like thumb on the cheek and going, "You're cute." Uh huh. Uh-oh. Right, right. Mm. Trying to set up a Lydia replacement, possibly. I don't know. Mm. But I think that Gamma's going to be the one to have reservations about this. Like, mm-hmm. if, even if Alpha's kind of like, "Hmm, this could work." <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. replacement prodigy my well, prodigy that's what they call them right yeah Alpha's she's, probably pretty quick to, to fill Lydia's place you know oh yeah depending on how, how she, crazy she really is really well if she can put somebody into that Lydia position then you know she won't miss she won't miss her she won't think about her because she's got that person now yeah but it's like it's like you know I don't know if it's an adage but like people aren't objects you know you can try no but right. uh, you know we're all it wouldn't un- work. We're all uniquely shaped, <laughs> and so right. you're trying to fill gamma with a Lydia-shaped hole. Mm, right. Right. Um, Square doesn't more. go into circle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, so there's more. Connie, Daryl, and Dog added again, seeing remains. Yeah, so they go out, they go out on the trail again, seeing remains, and in they cut to another scene where Gamma's cutting some guts of a walker out, and Aaron seems to be nearby for some reason. <laughs> So, hmm. I don't know what that means. Are Connie, Connie, Daryl, and Dog looking for Kelly? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming that that's the case. Okay, yeah. Because, um, you know, steak, you know, skin in the game. Um, <laughs> uh, Alpha. And, see, now Alpha's doing this thing. She's giving a switchblade to, like, you know, like one of those shaving razors that you can open, like a barber's. Like, like a straight old blade? Time. Yes, yeah, straight yeah. razor, right. The straight blade. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, and, but it's a voiceover. So she's saying these words with a voiceover as she hands the straight razor to Beta, right? Okay. And um, she says, patience. Shifts and shifts and strategies take time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know who she's saying this to, but it's as she's handing him the straight razor, and she ha- and and then and then you actually see her say, "The border, it, it will crush them 
Yeah, so the, the, what? the border. Now, it looked like she was oh. saying the water, but like it's that stupid accent, okay. you know, right? But yeah, yeah, the, wa- yeah. the border, it will crush them. So I think what they're trying to do is the very act of them changing the borders on them is enough to set them over the edge. This is what's going to cause them to go crazy. So mm-hmm. She knew what she was doing by I don't think she, I think she underestimated the effect it would have on them, though. I really yeah, do. Yeah, she knew it would push them, but not not quite this far. And not she so quickly, know. yeah. Well, and, and they've mentioned several times that that she's taken over the hunting grounds. Right, right. So what are they? What do? What are they? What are they doing in the meantime? Well, I mean, Lydia is clearly okay, and that's another thing too. Right, Lydia's, she's getting the squirrels, <laughs> right? And right. So, um, which could be kind of like also kind of like an extra fuck you. Like, oh, I'm okay. You guys, yeah. Oh, you like your tomatoes there? Oh, oh you're yeah. delicious. Are you hungry? <laughs> Yeah. You, you trying to be vegan? Oh, yeah. Well, I bet you love some squirrel steak. Mmm. Mm. Squirrel jerky is good this time of year. Anyway. So, shh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, shh, your tummy. It's making some noises. I can tell you're hungry. Oh, somebody need a Snickers? All of you? All of you need a Snickers? It's not made of meat. You turn into alpha when you're hungry here. Oh. Nice. Well done. Just like this, you're escalating it. It's great. But yeah, yeah. I think she really underestimated how quickly they would start to feel the pain. Like a little bit of pressure. Um, And it could backfire. Who knows? There was one one more thing I noted that we didn't talk about, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. The Order of Blatodia. The Blatodia, yes. I did write all that down. The Order of Blatodia. And then Luke... Luke with the with the quick with the quick whip. Oh yes, the ah. family of cockroaches. <laughs> and, and then and then and then Eugene's face after was like, wait, hold, I'm I'm not what, alone. Wait, I'm, not, what? I'm not alone in the universe. <laughs> I'm I'm not the only nerd here. Yeah, yes, the look on his face. Now I'm not even gonna lie. I totally had to Google Google what that was. I had I no too. idea what. And I'm like, what? Yeah, no clue. But yeah, but you Wikipedia. It, it right? is in fact an order of insect that includes cockroaches and termites. Yeah, yep. and and lo and behold, after I write all the notes down and I'm starting to watch Talking Dead, motherfucking Chris <laughs> Hardwick. He Chris Hardwick pulled that out of his ass. But really, you know, you know what he didn't pull out? You know what he didn't pull out? What's the significance of termites and cockroaches? Okay, termites. Have they survive a ca- everything. <laughs> That, first of all, that's great right off the bat because they do, right? Yeah. And they all do it in different ways. But more than anything, termites and cockroaches. Termites have a castle system. So they have an order. They have the idea of colony. They're, social, they're a social um, order, right? Mm-hmm. Cockroaches are pre-social. So they've already been through their socialization process and now they've kind of mutated. And so they don't have to be in colonies. They can be in colonies. They can exist in colonies, but they don't need it. Termites have a king and queen with sterile soldiers, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Which is different. Mm-hmm. But but cockroaches are independently, like, you know, once they reach adulthood, they can they can breed on their own without a king and queen. Because I think the cockroaches are more our group. They're independent. They can have kids whenever they want. You know, mm-hmm. they don't need a king and queen. And then you have the termites, their order, the sterile, you know, whatever. It's freedom versus not freedom <laughs> versus sure. monarchy. 
So I thought that was kind of a cool little fun fact, kind of, because uh, the, the order is like, remember G, uh, family, genus, species, like that, remember that whole thing? Yeah. So order. Yep. Yeah. So that's the whole thing, the scientific <laughs> chart of something, classifications or something. Yeah. Again, though, like these are, these are those little details about this show that like, I mean, just this one little funny one-liner, right? But when you start to dig deeper into what that means and what they're talking, like even this funny little one-liner has such relevance to what's going on. Like, I love this show. I mean, the details <laughs> that they, seriously, the de- I have never watched another show like this. Like I said, I'll watch any show. You put on a show, I'll watch it for 10 minutes, and I will tell you how it's going to end. Yeah, ha- yeah. Guaranteed every time. Well, they give, ma- they give show, meaning to everything. It's crazy. This show is not like that. I mean, surprises every single week, details in everything. I mean, you have a you know any other show, and they just sort of slap a sappy song over top that really doesn't you know you know like the the uh, the chorus of the song maybe has relevance, but then when you start to hear what the song's about, you're like that's really not. I know that song, and that doesn't pertain. You know, it doesn't. Or like apply the song, here. or like the song says, "I'm sad. This is a yeah. sad song." <laughs> obviously, yeah, or two on the nose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know that they just there's so much more thought that goes into everything on this show. Right. And I just I appreciate that so so much. Right. So. What that what that song allowed us to do once we opened up with it, it allowed us to keep going back to it as kind of a mantra. Like where yes. we see it happen over and over again. And I think it's yeah. actually trying to tell us what to pay attention to throughout the season. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's the obvious conflict and, and paranoia and all that stuff. But there's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. The song is trying to tell you something. The song is trying to say, keep your eye on this ball. Because as right. shit starts to go down, just watch right. how relationships that are strong start to kind of like glaciers, like like ships in the night. They're right. like moving apart, you know. But more importantly, don't don't forget that the bond. bond. Like just just because this is happening doesn't mean that there that there's any less love or or right. you know that they care any less for each other it in, in any circumstance. Happen. I don't mean just Carol and Daryl. Like all of these Carol and Ezekiel. Or, you know, uh, what was the other one? Oh, Sadiq and Rosita. I mean, there's, you know, they're not together, but there yeah. is still this level of love and care. Yep, yep. Because that Gabriel with Coco in the beginning, right? Was that it? Gabriel Exa- with Dita yep. and Coco? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and we Sadiq finally see Gabe it, being a father. Sees it happening. <laughs> Right? That was kind of nice to see. Yeah, Finally, I'm like, oh, look yeah. at that. He he does pay attention to the kid. Yeah. And Rosita took a time out from kickboxing to take the kid for a walk. So that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who was the, la- yeah. the last person that we did not mention that is the most on the nose out of all these people, you know, is Luke at the end as they're playing the song. Oh, well, at the very, very end. Yeah. Well, how he's that? seen Jules in Oceanside. Do you know right. why that's significant? And it's on the nose, like way on the news, because this group has been through everything and they do it all together and like I said about Yumiko and Magna they used to vote on everything together Mm -hmm. and now even that you know maybe that's the natural order of things and maybe that's okay and maybe we'll always have a bond but maybe voting's off the table but also the most on the nose thing is Luke wants to say goodbye yeah and pursue this thing that he needs to pursue and that's okay it is okay did that feel extra heavy to you like as I'm watching him like wave goodbye to everybody and like I like all of a sudden I'm like oh why do I feel like we're not gonna see him again a lot of people have said that but I I, you know what it was heavy I agree with you I I do agree with you like after finally going through this episode with you I actually don't agree that people are saying we we might lose Luke in the next episode oh no I don't whatever 
I don't think that's going to happen. That's but what it, people are feeling. It, it yeah. felt really heavy. It felt like a goodbye to Luke. Right. But I think that, that it's it, you could say that and it makes sense. And But I also think it's a good idea to kind of take a step back and realize, oh, you've been through all this for like... How many years? Seven, eight, eight years? Uh, nine, nine years, you know? And now they're finally taking steps to be apart, which is something they're not used to, but something that mm -hmm. Luke is naturally eager to do without malice. It's just the thing that we have to do. And mm -hmm. it, as a people to grow, it's we have to just trust our gut and let ourselves drift like yeah. icebergs away from each other. Yeah. So that was, again, on the nose, but if you don't see the other things, you just don't <laughs> notice it without the song. Right. So... I just like that. And <laughs> with that, everybody, we're going to call this one a night. And, uh, and if you like what you heard, uh, just leave us a like and a comment and let us know what we could be doing, you know, what we might have missed. And if that's even possible, please try. <laughs> try, but you, come on. You, don't hard. exaggerate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, leave a rating in the in Apple, you know, in the iTunes, you know, podcasts and uh, Stitcher. Yeah, leave a review. That would really, really help us out. We'll see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, with more people. Uh. So, with that, good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>